Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com. Lots to talk about tonight, including some breaking news that I guarantee you aren't going to hear anybody anywhere else on the radio dial anywhere across this country uh, tonight, most likely. We're going to get to that here shortly. Of course, it is your calls that the show is about. So we will start by going unscreened to the amp line. Hello, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, gentlemen. This is Dennis in New Hampshire. Dennis, what's on your mind tonight, sir? Hey, I just had some great news I wanted to share with everybody in Radio Land. The uh, governor of New Hampshire is promising to sign the same-sex marriage bill. Yeah, that I is heard, good news. I heard that. Keep I told me that. He would. I thought he would be scared of not getting elected again or something, but I guess his political calculation is a lot of people have been telling him to please sign it. Well, that's good news. Now, have you heard anything about the uh, the medical marijuana bill? That's another one of the ones that's uh, in I front of him up here in New Hampshire. No, that's all the info I've got, but I think it's very significant that, uh, you know, the, the governor went to the trouble of putting a little statement up on his personal from the governor's desk website and, and all that jazz. So this is looking pretty good. The uh, the people who are really scared of same-sex people getting married are, are in a tissy because they know that the, the battle is lost, and it's just great. Dennis, maybe you can answer a question for me. Uh, I had heard I heard this earlier from someone, and it is good news. And uh, the the word I heard is that he wanted some alterations to it that actually sounded kind of libertarian. Uh, do you know what they meant by that? Um, he 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 had some extra language, as they say, that they wanted to tack onto the end of the bill that would say that no um, private organization or church or anything like that could be forced to recognize same-sex couples if it violated their their beliefs. Seems fine to me. That doesn't seem unreasonable. That's what I, I yeah, thought that might be good. what he was talking about, but I was curious. Well, that's good to know. So, uh, so it looks like there is a, a you know a, a chance that a pro freedom uh, thing could be happening here in New Hampshire. Although, of course, the true pro freedom uh, position on marriage is to get the government out of it entirely. But I don't think anybody has uh, put forth such a piece of legislation, have they? I would. I certainly hope that someone will. Maybe they'll. Maybe one of the conservatives will, having having been burned by government this year. They'll put in a good bill next year. That's my hope. And I do have to say, big props go out to a free stater named Ryan Marvin. He has, uh, who's, by the way, active on the FTLBBS from time to time. He worked very hard to get this legislation through. He did so much talking to, quote-unquote, conservative Republicans, trying to explain to them that he was gay and not a scary guy and a Republican. And uh, oh, that must have been you know, a shocker he, for them. Oh, they they knew that they liked him because he was in the gun, so he couldn't be all bad. Ah, yeah. I know how that whole thing goes, trying to explain that you're a, you're not a. Now, um, Dennis, just <laughs> out of curiosity, I've always wondered sort of about this. Uh, the you know what would happen if New Hampshire just ceased to give out uh, wedding permits or marriage uh, licenses or whatever it is. I mean, what what would happen in other states if you decided to get married by your church in New Hampshire? It's I, I don't even – I mean, realistically, I think that any bill to say the government is not going to be involved in marriage is so complicated 
It's like saying the government's not going to be involved anymore in health care. It would be a great thing, but what does it mean for, like, the rest of how things work? It's like a it's a giant 10-year process kind of thing, not something that can be done by one bill no matter how striking. I would think well, so. Why not? Why couldn't you just abolish the marriage bureaucracy? Oh, I'd love to see that. There's going to be then all kinds of questions about, like, how do people... I don't know. Draw up these kinds of contracts. I, I, well, let the market I decide. That's not for the state. That is more than I can get my little head around. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, and we don't really have to because the market will figure all that stuff out. Thanks, Dennis, for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line because once you get the state out of marriage, you don't have to figure out the rest of it. Yeah. I right, think that that's, it's almost a, a global thing, or at least a national thing. I just I, what, I think what, that what is a national it would thing? really put people in New Hampshire at some kind of disadvantage um, while traveling the nation to not be able to prove that they have some kind of government marriage in other states. I think that, and part of the complication is there are federal implications. You know, as long until we secede, <laughs> if that happens, yeah. that there's federal complications because the federal government treats people differently if they're married and you know legally by a you know, a, a government and things like that. So I think there's complications like that. That's probably what Dennis is talking about. Not to mention um, a, you know, how many decades of uh, family law piled up again, but behind whatever is the marriage contract up to this point, then how does the government recognize family law and how it pertains to just religious marriage or, you know, a civil ceremony or something like that, that doesn't have anything to do with, uh, you know the government. You know, is it is it the same? Is it the same thing? To me, it's not the same thing. And and would the government recognize it as the same? And then, you know, how would people feel about that? Well, I'm curious. I mean, Mark is the only married man in the room here. Have you had to prove that you have a state marriage? How many times? If so, I don't think I have. No. So then, why is this even an issue? Just saying that it's something well, you never know. Just because I haven't had to prove it, Mark in my hasn't life. had a, like a really conventional job that most people have for yeah. for a while now, and things like that. I don't have to put anybody on. I could insurance. see that. You know, if your insurance company maybe might want that, or your job may want it for certain benefits, and they treat people differently depending on if they're married, which is another thing that bothers me. I don't think that if you're working the same amount as someone else, you should get the same benefits as everyone else. You should your benefits shouldn't be based on if you're if you're married, or if you have kids. You know, they can certainly. You can certainly take a bigger cut from your paycheck to pay for insurance, but you know, to cover your wife and kids, you know, but things like that. Yeah, I, well, I like that the bill went through for one reason. I I have said for some time now that I would not get a government marriage if I even if I could. Me neither. And exactly. And so I'm not going to get a government marriage. I wouldn't get one if I were straight. I'm not going to get one if uh, once this passes. But I mean, I can see myself married, but not a state marriage. Sure. I don't. I don't want a state marriage. So I'll I'll bend. I'll jump through a bunch of hoops if I have to to avoid uh, going through the Absolutely. government. Absolutely. Who would want as much as possible? Who in their right mind would want to get involved in a contract between you, your loved one, and the state? Somebody who would benefit crazy. from that contract. And, oh, I forgot what I was getting to. I said the, the the reason I like it though is just because I like the. Uh, Hopefully that will make uh, New Hampshire more appealing to more gay people because I'd love for I more gay so. people to come here. So yeah, I think I hope so. I hope it will as well. And it seems like New England is kind of going in that direction. Uh, a number of the the New England uh, states have gone in a pro gay marriage slash civil union direction. So it's it seems to be a, a trend. But Mark, back to what you were saying there that uh, well you'd want to get involved in that contract if it would benefit you. And I would suggest that uh, it, that any benefit that you might perceive is nothing more than an illusion or temporary. Um, in that you are the, the state is basically offering the thirty pieces of silver to say hey you could get perks if you sign up with our marriage. 
But what you don't understand is that you're agreeing to uh, abide by all of their rules that they set. Uh, by getting married with the state, you are essentially consenting to have them have dominion over your relationship and whatever comes out of it. In many cases, some would point out that uh, by consenting to a state marriage, you're also con- giving the state control over your children. Uh, not, not that that's going to stop. Not that if you don't have a state marriage license, that that would stop them from stealing your children. But essentially, you're consenting to all kinds of things you don't realize, and you'll just be subject to more state intrusion in your life if you end up going through the divorce process. And I hope you don't. You know, maybe, maybe you uh, and your wife will never go through a divorce, and uh, you know, then you'll benefit or whatever for for the rest of your lives uh, from having this the state marriage. I'm not sure what the benefits could possibly be so great that you would. Want want to get involved in uh, in that agreement but you know not certainly, sure yeah yeah 1-800-259-9231 because you had originally gotten a state marriage because of some sort of insurance benefits which you no longer have that's correct so a lot of good that did you well it it, it actually it did it did me good i you know i got an operation while um under those mm-hmm. insurance and saved me thousands of dollars but an operation that i wouldn't have had so actually it just fixed my nose didn't save me anything so uh and and who paid for that the insurance company from your place of employment yep Okay, so they wouldn't Not have done that. Not my place of employment, hers. my wife's place of employment. And that was the state, wasn't it? Yes. I see. So you're total mooching off the state in that, in that case anyway, It's right? an insurance policy. Right. Okay, but it's a state insurance policy, and as you know, the state gives their benef- uh, the, the state makes their benefit packages pretty sweet for their bureaucrats. And, and people get the government that they deserve. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Live, it's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Six nights a week, uh, we talk about some pretty serious topics here on Free Talk Live. Police brutality, the war on drugs, and economic crisis. But I've got something to cheer you up. Comic books. Witness the uplifting adventures of Minuteman, Liberty Lad, and El Diablo in the pages of Freedom Force. For only 10 bucks, you can get five action-packed, fun-filled issues, shipping included. Check out a six-page preview now at comics.thundergodexpress.com. That's comics.thundergodexpress.com. Makes a great gift, uh, gift for kids or grandkids. All right, so we continue here as uh, we go to your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. We'll talk to Steve in Texas. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, I have a huge, huge disagreement with Dale. Okay, what's that? And uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep this civil. Uh, okay. Please don't cut me off. Uh, well, don't uh, say Dale, anything. I, words. Post, yeah, I can handle it. You made a post on the forum that Linux does not have a good video editor. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. I would love to be corrected I'm on that. You, I'm telling you, you couldn't be more wrong. Uh, there's a video editor in Linux. It's called Kino. It's, uh, it's such an easy thing to use. It's far superior to any Windows video editing program I've ever used. I've used all of them. 
Well, you know what? I, I uh, hope I'm glad, I'd be glad to be wrong here. I hope I hope I am wrong. So you have not tried this particular well, I have product? not. Have you tried so. Kino? Have you tried Kino? I, ha- I haven't heard I hadn't heard of it before now. So I actually oh, someone such, may have posted about it, but I haven't I haven't I hadn't heard about it before that. So Steve, how's it's your bl- uh, blood pressure? Simple, you doing okay simple. so far? Steve, you okay? It's such a simple thing to use. It's uh, it, it, it it's just a fantastic video editor. It's right. simple. It's easy. And is it's it very free? Straightforward. Is it free? Is everything on Linux free? Or just, of course it's free. Of course. I don't think it has to be, but it's pretty t- typically yeah. most of it is open source and free. All right, so, so Steve, yeah. go ahead, pitch us. Why should everybody switch to Linux? Because I still haven't been convinced. <laughs> Well, you you don't realize that you're trapped in a in a software world where everything is pay, everything is uh, you cannot modify your software, you cannot use it as you please, you cannot give it to your friends, you cannot trade with it, you are locked into Microsoft's proprietary system. In fact, right now you're probably using a lot of uh, uh, open source, not open source, but free software. You use Firefox. Uh, I do use Firefox. Yeah. You probably, I think you mentioned before, you have a, your web server is run by Linux. It um, is. Yeah, it is. You, you also probably use a Linux-powered uh, a web streamer that everybody's hearing this uh, uh, pod, your broadcast for from with Linux. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm not telling you, you know, that Linux is not valuable. Is, the only I, difference. I, I, I think Linux is quite valuable, especially in the business world, uh, especially behind the, the scenes on servers and things like that. Uh, but as far as uh, getting the you know getting work done and having maximum compatibility uh, with the, the the things that you're sending out to people, you know most people use uh, Windows, and so well, I I have to say well, I think that well, um, Office is is uh, very compatible. It's free. It's easy to get on the internet. I haven't had um, any problems using Open Office files with, with Open yeah. Office. I haven't had any what problems. I haven't had any any compatibility problems with people using a Word. Uh, I, when I've been using Open Office, it's been serving all my needs just fine. Now I don't know if you use certain really odd features of a word processor where you might get into something that would cause an incompatibility problem. But I think for the general needs of most people, you're probably not going to run into a compatibility probably true. Problem. I, I, I did download the Open Office uh, a few years ago. And when I installed it, that's what I thought. Well, this would be great for just plain old word processing. But when I opened up one of my uh, the products that I send to a uh, like a program director for pr- promoting the show, some of the things in the the document file that I'd created in Microsoft Word just didn't render correctly with Open Office, and I didn't feel like going through the trouble of trying to fix that because I didn't know the program at all, and I didn't feel like uh, learning it from scratch. So I when just switched back. When did you do to that? You said a couple years ago. Yeah, a couple Open years Office back. Open Office has improved tremendously. I know that's what they always that's what they <laughs> always tell me, and so it's like, okay, well now you can go and install this other program and and see if it works better now when Microsoft Word has been working fine since you know 2002. I have to say, I've had a I've had hardware that I have to go through and install some software to get it work on to work on my Windows machine, where on my Linux machine, literally just plug and play, just plunk, and Absolutely. it's working. Didn't have to do that, anything. That's another no, advantage. You know, you think, there's oh, so there's no installation disk for Linux, but it Linux. didn't need it. <laughs> there's so many advantages to using Linux. Another thing is that 
security is uh, not even comparable. If you're running a Windows machine, you're, you know, the, the, those uh, Internet shows on the radio, I constantly hear people calling up, oh, I got Trojans and viruses and spyware. Mm-hmm. This is pretty much a non-issue with Linux. You don't have to run any virus protection. You don't have to run any spyware protection. Or you don't have to, you know, when I see these uh, things pop up on the Internet about the latest up-and-down virus, it, it's a joke to a Linux person. Do they not have, uh, not wait a minute, wait a minute, come on. They don't have Linux viruses? I don't believe I, that. They are, there are some, but it's So, so why wouldn't you want to run a virus a, protection it, on Linux? There's no, it's not needed. It, there's, there's that sounds like no throwing caution to the wind Linux. to me. I mean, because if uh, if everybody <laughs> out there is saying that, oh, well, Linux is so safe and, uh, you know, there's no need to run virus protection, well, then why wouldn't somebody write a virus for Linux? It's, it's going to go take advantage. To it's, 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 of the way, it's already the built way to be Linux secure. It's structured and set up. Linux is set up to where you have to, to access the computer to, to make changes on it, you have to get into it to the, as, as, you have to access it as root. And, uh, Windows is just the opposite. It, and it's made that way so it's an easier operating system for most people to use. Right. For somebody to have to log in. Which as is root why people aren't going to switch to Linux because it's just, you know, there's, there's just too much going on. It's uh, not an easy operating system for, uh, for people to use. And it, I mean, I remember, having trouble doing some of the most basic tasks on Linux. I'm sure it's simple once you know how to do it, uh, but I just didn't feel like going through the process of learning a whole new operating system all over again from scratch. When Windows does the job, I've got a uh, an antivirus program, so that well, solves that, that, that is, problem. That is the reason why Microsoft has dominated the market. When you buy a computer yeah. at Best Buy, it comes pre-installed with uh, Windows. Now, to yeah. be to be it fair, is, some some that's computers, the easy part. Some computers are coming these days with Linux on them. I have very, seen very, that, and it'll cost less, less because you're paying for Windows. 1%. You're paying for Windows when you buy your machine. And and the thing is, uh, I think I, I look at it a little bit as like an agorism in a way. You're moving away from this this market that's heavily in, that's heavily interacting with the state with copyright laws and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. Linux is really trying to do as much as possible to work outside of the system. Uh, not in a legal way, but it's doing things. There's things like um, the uh, open licensing. Um, that you know, just it's just a way of of getting out of that and just try, trying to something that's really much more of a free market approach. Thanks, that, Steve, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you, and I agree with all of that. Yeah. I, and I support. But you have to want to do it. Like I said, it's running our server, so I support Linux, and I think it's a fine idea, and I think that it should get better, and I hope it gets easier to use over time. And, I've, I've actually had uh, somebody has convinced me to try it again, but it's just I just have so many other things that are more important to do with my time. It's Free Talk Live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alekese at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. 
com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to benefit Free Talk Live. So go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. AudiblePodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audio books, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out for um, by downloading a free audiobook today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. They have all the bestsellers and just probably any book you can think of. 60,000 uh, books over there. Use audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. So we were talking about Linux. Uh, other people want to talk about that. Uh, you know, this is in... It's not just a radio show, it's an internet show, and so the Linux community is very passionate about uh, their product. And you have to admit, I mean, there there is no passion... Is there a passionate Windows community out there? No. Like, <laughs> There's a passionate Mac community. There, there is. Oh, yeah. yeah. A passionate Linux community, but not a passionate Windows community. Windows is, just is complacency? all marketing. Yeah. Windows is just an X. I mean, the whole company... Uh, you know, there's some, there is some innovation. I mean, but I think that's almost after the fact. It's just, it's all about how well they've marketed and, how, and the deals they've made. Right, and the, the deals they made, product placement. There's a lot to do with their, you know, their system that makes it easy for people. And I mean, it's already, like you said, it's already on most machines when you if, buy it. Even if I download Linux and manage to get it set up on my machine, there's still going to be a learning curve, and I'm not. I, I'm I'm not excited about that learning curve. I must say, even I think, I, honest it, to God, I think your learning curve would be no different on Ubuntu. Uh, it's gotten to the point where it is it is compa- comparable to Windows in simplicity to use and everything. But you've already done the learning curve on Windows, and that's so Windows got you. They they they've got right. that. They've already Correct. they've already got a market share that's going to be right. really hard to compete with. Because I don't need to speak Scandinavian. I speak. English. It's, well, that's just it. It's not. It's not that it's. It's not that it's easier than Ubuntu. It's just that, it, that you've already learned it, and so most people aren't going to want to relearn it. And I understand your point of view, and I, that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, why do it if you're happy with what you've got right now and it's doing right. everything for you? And you know, I've, but, I was just looking at my list of things to do this week, and I filled my. I have goal sheets that I make every every single week with the list of things I need to get done. Uh, you know, I'm lucky if I get 30 to 50 percent of them done on a weekly basis. And this week, my my sheet is just full of stuff, and I'm thinking, well. I've had these emails sitting in my inbox from Zeus, who is our really talented uh, voice guy, and he's a big, big Linux fan, and he had sent me... This yeah, just another mindless Linux zealot. Ah, no, Linux, it's very intelligent. It's, I think I support Linux, not with my money or anything, but I support the idea of Linux. Yeah, I uh, like the ideas, but... I like I, open source. I like know, all if, that. If, I like the idea of using this language as an analogy. If there was a language out there that I thought was a really good language for some reason, that doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to be interested in going out and learning it. I just yeah. say, hey, that language is great. To be fair, though, it, the learning curve is nowhere near comparable to learning a new speaking that much spoken language and and uh one of the things that we we mentioned briefly on the break that we missed uh on the air was that the linux is is much less demanding on your operating system leaving more of your processing power for your applications and other things so i think and, and especially if you have an older machine mm-hmm. sometimes they won't handle windows or else they get really really clunky and slow just from trying to handle that, just from running the operating system and all that stuff that you don't necessarily want or need, and just inefficiency in general. And uh, so you can sometimes maximize your potential from an older machine or something like that. Like computers are my, are one of my hobbies, and if I've got the free time, I would love to dig into something like that and, and begin to learn it. 
Uh, but it's just that I have so many other things I can spend my free time on that I would much rather spend my free time on. So it's really just a question of priorities. But I still feel kind of bad because I, I, if everybody talks so much about Linux and and Zeus sent me these emails about this Wubi Ubuntu uh, 9.04, which is Who apparently names these things. It, apparently, I'm sure it stands for something. Wubi Ubuntu is something to do with uh, South African Africa, something or other. Yeah, love. I don't know. So uh, so he says that because I had tried Ubuntu before on my laptop and just I, I got on there and I managed to get it finally managed to you know get it connected to the internet and get, pulled up Firefox and managed to surf successfully on the uh, the Linux that I'd installed on my laptop and okay all right great I can surf and but it was installed so that every time you turn the laptop on it would boot into Linux and half the time I wouldn't need Linux so I'd have to change that and well, anyway, uh, I ended up wanting to uninstall Linux from the laptop but because when you're installing uh, a new operating system on top of an existing operating system, because I had it dual booting, basically, to mm-hmm. where you could go either into Windows or into Linux, your choice. I remember. Uh, whenever you want to undo that, you have to wipe the whole drive. So I had to, at least as far as I could tell, I had to wipe the whole thing out, which is no big deal. I, I'm used to reinstalling Windows uh, XP when I get tired of it, its current configuration. Um, so that's what I had to do. And so what Zeus is saying is there's a certain distribution of Linux that allows you to install it like any other program in Windows. And so when I do finally take the time to look back into this Linux thing, that's probably the direction I'm going to go. Because if you can install it just like anything else in Windows and then you can boot into it just like Linux, then that means you can uninstall it like any other program in Windows. You don't have to destroy your whole hard drive in order to experiment with this thing. But the so. computer runs faster on uh, Linux than it does on uh, Windows, from what I understand, and that can Probably be a true. huge advantage. I yeah, it's not using up. The operating system itself is simpler, so it's not using up as much. It's more efficient, so it doesn't use as much as your processing power. So uh, it's on my <clears throat> list of, like, my long-term list of things to do to dabble in uh, in experimenting with it again. Let's continue with your calls and talk to Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, um, Steve. I want to talk about Ubuntu. In 2006, it was Christmas. Um, Windows blew up again. It was XP. I decided to reload it, and I couldn't. So I just went to Ubuntu, loaded it up, and it's GUI, which is really cool because graphic user interface, you just, you know, click and go with your mouse. And I really like that. And Mark Shuttleworth is a billionaire. I think he's flown around the planet twice, and he just got a hold of Linux and said, you know what, I want to make something that everybody would like. So he even has Edubuntu, which he uses for education for schools and stuff. And every six months, he comes up with an update to the operating system, and he supports it. And you get all your downloads and everything like that, or your updates and stuff. They're on the fly. And I've been using it, and people are talking about with the dual booting thing. But if you look at what's going on now with companies and servers, they can run different operating systems by using a virtual machine, which VMware is free. So you can load Ubuntu. And then you can turn around and load the virtual machine and then load XP on top of that, and it doesn't affect. There's no dual boot. Now, Windows does have its own virtual machine as well. So you can turn around and load Ubuntu, Macintosh, Novell, uh, whatever else you want to do. So um, so you, so it's gone. it's gotten to the point where Linux users can actually run Windows XP through Linux? I do it all the time. I do it all the time, but what's really neat... Now, how? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, Steve. How difficult is it to set that up? 
Like how how much time does somebody have to invest into getting something like that up and running? From scratch, a lot easier than XP because if you load XP and it, it you, if you're running, if you decide to load XP with uh, Slipstream Service Pack 2, then you've got a lot of time to spend because as soon as you load that up, you're going to get updates that are going to last for hours to load Service Pack 3 on it. Now, if you've got a Slipstream Service Pack 3 for an initial load on your computer, then you still got time because all the patches that have happened since Service Pack 3 came out last year till now and it's like my god this is taking forever so how long does it take to get windows xp working underneath linux that's my question within minutes all you gotta minutes? do i mean yes because what you i do swear is, you linux guys make it sound so easy <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, i'm gonna try this man and i'm gonna see if i can get it to work but uh, this is what we fell for the last time yeah. though i think uh, okay i mean we got a we got a half an hour's conversation in from the the linux uh, zealots and then sure enough it was hard as hell and you spent all day doing it hey thanks for the call steve appreciate it man yeah i think people I, when you're doing it all the time it seems easy to you and so right. you think someone else is going to do it easily. And I, i'm not incompetent I mean, I can build a computer from scratch. I am. So it's, yeah, you you have no idea what all slip streaming and all that is. More on the way I here. I just don't trust these people with all their big words. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and they're all free. They include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive for free. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, uh, Steve apparently did have a few extra points uh, he wanted to uh, jump in on, so we're going to bring him back. Steve in South Carolina, uh, go ahead with your thoughts, sir. Thanks, Ian. Uh, the thing is that a Linux operating system is so much easier to manage than Windows. Now, I know Mark's talking about, well, I'm used to XP. Well, XP is going to die as a dinosaur, and you're going to be introduced to Vista. Vista is being introduced on all laptops and computers now, and Dell will even offer you a downgrade to XP at this time, but it's going to cost you money. Just because like, Vista, Vista sucks so bad from what I've heard. It's just that bad. And Windows 7, which is coming out after Vista, is just like Vista. And you're like, you know, try to find drivers for Vista for your peripherals. You just, they're not there. And and the thing is, it's just that you're going to get a Vista environment compared to an XP environment is totally different. And Mark is going to have a very uncomfortable time going to Vista because everything that he clicked on and it was there is not there. You know what? You're right about that. That might be an ideal time for somebody to uh, make a switch over. A gardener came in here a couple weeks ago. I demand the same operating system all the time. I don't understand these people that want to change this crap. I mean, wh- where where the hell is Microsoft's headquarters anyway? I'm going to go talk to these people. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is Gardner uh, came in here, and he'd gotten a laptop from Glenn Jacobs. I guess Gardner had a, a hard drive crash, and so Glenn sent him, a, I guess, an extra laptop he had sitting around. Because, well, he's Glenn Jacobs, and he probably makes a little bit more money than Gard. Um, and so he sent him this laptop, and it has Windows Vista on it. And Gard was having trouble connecting to the Wi-Fi connection here at the studio, and I was looking at him like, what in the hell is going on with this thing? I mean, I was I was confused looking at uh, Windows Vista. So you're right. I mean, if you're looking at upgrading from XP, 
that would be a good time to to start looking at the other options to look at uh, you know the uh, the Apple operating system uh, or I guess you still can't install that regularly on a on a uh, what do you call it non Apple computer I guess. Uh, right. But uh, but look at Linux as an option. I think you're right. I think that would be a perfect time for people to uh, to start shopping around. Uh, thank you for that suggestion. Any other ideas? And Ian, Ian. Yeah. Here's another thing. I can I can actually load from a CD. I can load the Linux operating system. I can crack your Windows XP system. I can pull all your data off your hard drive if your operating system decided it wanted to go south. You remember the blue screen of death? Yeah. Okay, the blue screen of death, XP comes up with it, and it just starts rebooting, rebooting, rebooting. So all your data is sitting on the hard drive. Well, you can boot up with Linux. You can go grab that data, and you can port it off to a USB drive and then do whatever. You can reformat an XP if you want. The thing is, is Linux is superior, and it's also free, and it's open source. I can take a Linux operating system, and there's one program called DVD Backup. I can rip any DVD, no matter what encryption it's got on it, with just one command. I can rip it. Now, in Windows, you've got to go through decrypt, DVD shrink, and you have got to go all through these hoops just to rip a DVD. And it's like, this is open source. And these people always tend to make it better and better and improve upon, improve upon. Mm-hmm. It's a community-driven thing. And I think it's so much better because you're looking at it like libertarianism. It's just it's community driven. It and is a good analogy for liberty for a free market for a, for like it's like it's almost like a gray market on software except that it's not because it's not there's nothing illegal about it. So good right. points tonight, Steve. Any other thoughts? Thank you. No, sir. I, I appreciate the time. Yep. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He makes a real you know what he makes a really persuasive point. Uh, Windows XP at this point in the game is it's almost a decade old operating system. I'm going to ride that baby until it's dead. <laughs> I, I'm like an old junker. I'm angry at the even even the I, I'm angry at him for talking about it. You for chuckling about it. Microsoft for changing it. I I hate the idea of of changing my operating system. <laughs> But that's not. I mean, it's, I think that's I really a pretty, liked. Wasn't there one that was uh, like around 2000 or something Windows, like that? Uh, Windows to, NE. Windows no, no, NE not, came a, not ME. There was something prior to that. Second edition, something SE. Yeah, Windows 98 SE. Yeah, yeah. You I liked to that, stick one with that one too. <laughs> <laughs> that one worked well. It was a good one. Well, the other ones that, were buggy and weird. Yeah, I think XP is my favorite of all right, the Windows. Right, that one too. I, I like XP also. I think there was a version of Windows. It might be the latest one that's out now, or maybe it's the next one that's coming out. Number where seven, they're finally, seven. They're finally gutting it and starting like from scratch, building it from the ground up, and addressing some like built-in design flaws in Windows that go way hmm. back. Because they've been building upon and building upon and trying to patch and add to, uh, add features and things to this to this old original operating system that was like built on DOS, you know, yeah. from way back and and uh and then and it's just it's, Let's you, go back to DOS, Mark. How about I don't want it's to learn insane. anything <laughs> new. I did use DOS. Some before. of the things that were built into the original Windows design, if you're actually a programmer, we were going and learning some of these things in a pro, in a special programming class about porting from Windows to a, to other operating systems and things like that. And he was going through some of the some of the things about about Windows and all these like you know these programs who have been programming in other systems on Unix, uh, Unix, which is almost like an industrial version of Linux, mm-hmm. kind of, not really, uh, but it's similar. Um, it, people have been programming these other systems and things, and we're hearing about Windows and some of it for the first time, and their jaws were on the floor all through the class as they kept hearing, hearing some of the design, some of the things about the design in Windows and and how it, the 
It's uh, you know it's hard to explain for to, for a layman. It's, but. it's uh, is it more Byzantine, uh, more complicated? Well, is that the idea? It's what it is is if is from a programmer's point of view. It, from a programmer's point of view, it's almost backwards from how Linux is for users, or the way you picture Linux. Linux has gotten easier now, but you know you say there's like a big learning curve for writing. For, or sorry, for using Linux versus using Windows. Well, it's the opposite if you're programming because Windows is actually it's not designed well for something like like if you're a programmer and you need say a certain amount of memory to perform a task. You would normally, in a in a logical operating system, ask the operating system to allocate you some memory, and then that way the operating system knows what is imp- what's safe, what's not safe, and things like that, and it gives you back this area of memory and says, okay, this is a nice safe area of memory for you. You are now allowed to use, and you don't have any access to any memory without getting it from the operating system. The operating system is like the referee; it's supposed to keep you from breaking your machine. You know, mm-hmm. and Windows, uh, Windows, you're just it, it it'll it just kind of tells you this is where you should go, but it that's it. I mean, it's. Hmm. It's and, and, take a and risk. I, yeah, it's 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 leaving it up to the programmer to uh, to not break. So it's the not offering much of anything then, is what you're saying. Yeah, and that's in that sense. Uh, you know, and this is like a built-in design. Mark, did you understand that? So. I no. You're not paying attention. I, 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 oh, I am paying I'm, attention. I'm, I'm looking totally at there. What's on that laptop? I'm looking at Facebook. You're I'm not, going from memory from way back, and I haven't I haven't you know taken this class in years, but but that's the gist of it. From what I understand, is that Windows is like. Windows just you you as a programmer you know there's guides for how to program and everything but you're just supposed to know where you're not supposed to write. I think know, I'm going to mandate that Mark uh, start using Linux here on his laptop. That way he can't be surfing around on Facebook when he's supposed to be paying attention to what you're I saying. I know Dale. exactly what he's talking. What about. is he talking about? Give me a recap. He's saying that uh, you know that that Linux is a easier system from a programming standpoint because um, the because Windows is basically a dinosaur built on top of a dinosaur. Okay, built on all top right, of you're top. paying attention. You pass. <laughs> Let's go to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Gene. Hello. I wanted to chime in on uh, uh, open source software myself. Certainly. I hate Windows uh, with a passion. I still uh, I. I Hung on to Windows 98 as long as I could. I squeezed every last dime out of that Windows 98 operating <laughs> system. And, uh, then I, I held off just going to XP because I found it to be too big, bro- big brotherish with all these little pop-up windows telling you what to do all the time, which mm-hmm. I don't like. And uh, Vista, from what I've the little bit of experience I've had with it, I'm never going to go to Vista because it's ten times worse than XP ever was. But uh, I come from a background when uh, computer programs were written uh, in two kilobytes of code in machine language, and they would they would do ten times the things that a ten megabyte program would do today. I mean, it's they're just so wasteful in resources because memory's gotten so cheap that they just write sloppy code and uh, don't bother to ever tighten it up. And it winds up crashing all the time. Now, the open source stuff that uh, one of the reasons I like it. It's tight code. If you look at the size of these open source programs, they're always ten times as small, ten times smaller than uh, than the commercial crap you're going to buy. Mm. And you never have to worry about memorizing your codes or writing down your codes so that if you have to reinstall the software a year later and you can't find your paperwork and you can't find your books, you're mm-hmm. out of money because you can't uh, you can't reinstall it and you go. Go to their website to get new information, and they've gone out of business. You know, not just Microsoft, but all these other ones. They're you know, it's interesting. Nobody ever calls to defend Windows. Thank you for the call, Gene. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. And I have to say, that, pro- that point about 
if you're going to upgrade to Windows 7 or Windows Vista, you should take a serious look at uh, at Linux and Ubuntu or something like that. I I have to say, I'm pretty persuaded by that point. I like the fast process, faster processor thing. We're coming up. Hour 2 is on the way. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up anything by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. So enjoy those again freetalklive.com. The show is about your calls. You call in about anything. Otherwise, you bring up things interesting to us. Now, breaking news. uh, Earlier this afternoon, you're not going to hear this story anywhere else on syndicated radio, that's for sure, or probably even your local radio stations. Uh, Nobody's going to be covering this story. And it's the Motorhome Diaries crew, who we've had on this show in the past. Uh, we had them on as they were preparing to launch their trip across the country. They were going to be zigzagging through all of the uh, lower 48, maybe even traveling up to Alaska, Canada, Mexico, all across the North American continent in their motorhome. Uh, Jason Talley and Pete Air from uh, formerly of Bureaucrash, formerly the Crashers in Chief at Bureaucrash, which is uh, another great liberty oriented organization. And they're two really principled, really cool guys. In fact, they were looking at moving uh, here. They are moving here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. They're specifically, they have chosen to move to, the, uh, to Keene, to the Keene area. And uh, so we're really excited, obviously, about having them here in New Hampshire. And hopefully we'll be able to actually get them back here at some point because right now, they are sitting in a jail cell. They were arrested this morning in uh, rural Mississippi, Jackson, no, wait, not Jackson, uh, Jones County, Mississippi, is where it went down, where apparently they were pulled over by the uh, the deputies, the Jones County deputies, and one of the three, now there's there's Jason, there's Pete, and then they picked up a guy that we I don't think I've ever met named Adam. They picked him up on their uh, their journey. And you can go to MotorhomeDiaries.com. You can look at video. Uh, they interview all kinds of uh, liberty-oriented people all around the country. They've been, they've been traveling for a while, I'd say well over a month at this point, if not a couple of them, uh, a couple of months. And so they've been doing all kinds of things. Uh, they, they've confronted a few cops here and there. They've been interviewing interesting uh, people. A handful of Free Talk Live listeners have been interviewed as well. And people have just been getting in touch with them as they've been coming through their areas. And they're coming through with Marv, their Mobile assault recreational vehicle or something like that. Uh, so they're have they've been having a lot of fun up until this morning when they were uh, their freedom was stolen from them, and the the details on the case are pretty scarce at the moment because 100% of the Motorhome Diaries crew is in jail. So there's not really anybody that can speak for them, and the the amount of coverage that the actual arrest received while it was happening was very minimal. Maybe it's because they weren't in so cell Twittering phone. and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, they Twittered a couple of times, uh, and I spotted... Well, you had actually gave me the heads up this morning, Mark. That's right, baby. Uh, and, in contact. Yep, and I went uh, to Jason's uh, Facebook page where his Twitter things are uh, appear, and that's when he was saying that Adam was being arrested for videotaping the police. So apparently the police had pulled over... 
their RV. They don't take that kindly to them kinds of technology down there in Mississippi. They don't much take kindly to uh, videotaping about anywhere. They, look, they, they stop people with for, uh, with out-of-state tags so they can harass them. They didn't like these kids yeah. uh, you know, pulling out cameras on them. They're used to people kissing their butt. Sure. They're, they're some small-town cops with big old attitudes. That's all. They might be in for a big surprise because I don't think those cops down there are used to people fighting, actually, and, and you know, instead of just making deals and smoothing things along. Well, I don't so know are, if they're what, not going to What are they going to do, though? I mean, it's either, it's either stay mm. in the town for months on end, you know, har- yeah, being harassed know. by these people. Or you know, this up. is really the, the disadvantage to this uh, situation is uh, th- this is the disadvantage to civil disobedience anywhere, but it's, compo- it's compounded by the fact that they are they're not traveling. from that town, yeah. and that's what cops take advantage of. They are the gang that sits around in that town, and they need to be financed in some way, and one right. of the ways that they finance themselves is look for people from other towns who don't have their gang around to protect them, and they give them tickets. And these, you know, these Especially people... Especially somebody in RV. We, we need we need to kick these boys down a couple of pegs real quick so that they don't get other people thinking that they can get somehow, you know, stop our little little system for collecting money here. It's only one state away from deliverance. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, uh, so yeah. Like so they were pulled over. From deliverance. Adam was arrested. There's one photo of that available. You can go to freekeen.com, and the photo is has been posted there in the original thread that I posted this afternoon about this. Uh, as I did, did some digging, called the jail to find out exactly what was going on. So the first guy was arrested for videotaping the cops. Then they arrested both Pete and Jason. So Adam was arrested first. Pete and Jason were arrested after that. And they're both sitting in the Jones County Jail right now. According to the jailers, Adam has been charged with disorderly conduct and disobeying an officer. Uh, which we're very familiar with the disorderly conduct charge. That's one of their favorites. And disobeying an officer is also a favorite because these are the catch-all charges. These are the charges that if they don't like you, they can hit you with. It's a pretty safe bet that the cop is breaking the law if he's uh, charging somebody with disorderly conduct. I mean, if they were doing something that was against the law and and arresting somebody who isn't breaking the law is against the law. So, um, But if they were doing something against the law, there'd be a charge for that. Assault or battery or rape or arson or right. whatever it is. Yeah, the, there is no... And the best they could come up with on Pete was possessing a beer in a dry town? Well, that was the first charge that Pete had. I, I called back later because there were rumors flying around that there was another charge, and I talked to one of the jailers, and they revealed there's another charge. So Pete is charged with possession of beer in a dry county, which is really just a, you know, a, a retarded law. <laughs> yeah, somebody needs to go to jail for that. And... Then he was also charged with possessing a Some firearm kind of across... Backwoods Muslim country? What the hell is wrong with these people? P- possess- possessing a beer in a dry town. The other charge is... Wake up! Possessing a firearm across state lines, which is not a federal no, crime. it's not. It's a Mississippi crime. Uh, also, Jason Talley was charged with disorder... Or is charged with disorderly conduct, disobeying, and resisting arrest... I did determine that, according to one of the jailers, these are not jailable offenses as far as sentences are concerned. Obviously, they're jailable in that you are arrested and they put you in a jail cell. But eventually, if they do end up going ahead and bonding out, which they may or may not do, I don't know what their plan is. Obviously, some activists uh, refuse to participate in the system at all, and some want to get out as, as quickly as possible. It all depends on what you want and what your goals are. But uh, it's my understanding that both Pete and Adam are looking at $1,000 uh, bails or bonds. What the hell's the difference between a bail and a bond? Is it the same know. thing? You're supposed to know these things, Mark. You went to Sorry. jail for nine I years. thought a bond was something you 
did with a private organization to raise the money to pay bail. Oh, really? right. Yeah, you're you, probably right about that. It's like a loan. Because you're bonded to the individual yeah. that paid your and bail. They make money off of that. They they make uh, a substantial fee because they're putting up the money, and that's when if you don't show up for court, they send, send dog a bounty after hunter. You. Yeah, they send right. dog because you uh, because they're out money quite a bit. If so, you show up. so, uh, so, yeah, a thousand dollars bail on Adam and Pete each, and then fifteen hundred dollars bail on Jason. So they could bail out tonight because it's my understanding one of the uh, ladies from the Campaign for Liberty has flown down there to uh, to help out with this situation. I guess she was planning on meeting up with them anyway, and so she's coming down there, and people are already they, they, over at the Freekeen blog at freekeen.com. People are organizing, getting some money together for these guys because they were driving around the country on contributions. Uh, so it was, listeners of ours were contributing to uh, to their gas tank, basically, and buying them food and stuff like that. So if anything, they can probably use your contributions now more than ever. Please go to motorhomediaries.com and send them a few bucks. Maybe that way when they get out of jail, they'll be able to check their you know, their PayPal account and they'll have a nice little boost. And uh, hopefully they'll certainly have a nice boost in uh, some web hits because this has been getting some coverage, not just here on Free Talk Live, but uh, the Agitator blog has picked it up. And uh, rumor has it that uh, Manuel over at the Lou, uh, Manuel Laura at the Lou Rockwell blog may be blogging about this a he little bit later. told me about it. So uh, so these guys are in jail, and the arraignment may happen as soon as tomorrow. Obviously, if that doesn't happen, they'll probably be there for the entire weekend. But then again, they can always be bailed out probably any time. And that's actually surprising to me because the, ba- the jail has been getting a lot of phone calls. I posted the phone number for the jail, and they got a lot of calls. So I'd called the jail once earlier on today to get the, uh, the basic info of what was happening, what they were being charged with. And I called back later to confirm some of the rumors and that's when the one of the jailers told uh, told me that they're calling them their little celebrities because they've been getting so many phone calls at the jail. Because when liberty activists get arrested and the word gets out and the activist community uh, gets gets uh, decides to do something about it, they pick up their phones. Even if they're not in Mississippi, they'll call and say, "Hey, what are you? You know, how are my friends doing? Are you treating? How are they being treated? Uh, when are you going to let them out? Or whatever it is they're calling about. They they just call these bureaucrats to let them know they are not going to forget about their friends." I'm this is how we make the system better for now if you're an outside the system person is you make it harder for them to be tyrannical absolutely and and let them know that you are not going to forget about the people they are keeping in their in the, behind their bars more coming up this is free talk live it's your show you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll free line 1-800-259 9231, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features, they are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features include archives. So if you missed a moment of the show, click and download right there on the front page of the site going back for an entire year, free for you at freetalklive.com. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And I would say one of those new medias that you'll find here in New Hampshire is Dale's very own anarchyinyourhead.com. It is published twice a week. And, well, I guess the cartoons are published twice a week. It's a, it's a digital cartoon, and it's, uh, it's quite good. You can go to anarchyinyourhead.com. It's Wednesdays and Fridays, usually later on in the day. 
evenings. Yeah, when, when things are, <laughs> I've been things getting are to it later and later, it seems like. Uh, so you can go and uh, take a look at that, anarchyinyourhead.com. Plus, Dale also does some editorializing. And so and I also stuff. am freelance drawing now. So Oh, people so people can want, hire you. Yeah, I could do a little bit of graphic design, and I do some, uh, if you want a cartoon character drawn or something. I did an avatar for someone recently. Cool. Who had a specific avatar character in mind, and... Uh, he was really happy with it. So, so people that are maybe looking for a little bit of artwork uh, that they could hire you to do could yep. contact you at Dale at AnarchyInYourHead.com. And I'm sort of got like introductory rates at the moment since it's still a somewhat new thing for me. So it's actually you know relatively inexpensive for an artist. So excellent. Yes, yeah. it's a great opportunity for people. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. So just kind of bringing uh, you up to date on what's going on with the Motorhome Diaries guys. We hadn't heard from them in probably a week or so, and it's really up to them to call the show and keep us updated on, on what's going on. I've, I've given them the open invitation. Call us up as often as you want. At least once a week, we'd like to hear from you to let us know what's been happening. And they've been having, a, uh, I think, a lot of success with uh, tour, touring around the country and meeting up with liberty-minded people. And, you know, I figured this was going to happen. Today, they were arrested. The entire Motorhome Diaries crew arrested in rural Mississippi on a variety of charges. Of course, the favorites of disorderly conduct and disobeying an officer were thrown in there. But one of the most bizarre things has to be Pete, uh, Pete Air being charged with possession of a beer in a dry county. Yeah, they need to take somebody to da- jail for that. Well, they take their dry county stuff pretty seriously, Mark, uh, and it's just the most backwards blue, you know, it's just these blue laws that are still in existence and still enforced, and the... I don't know how, so, I don't know how people can enforce, I don't know how cops can find it in themselves to enforce these things. Especially apparently. when they go home and drink at night? Yeah. Apparently they want Al Capone again, you know? It's insane, and <laughs> I wonder how many dry counties there are out there. It's been a long time since we've talked about dry counties on the show, but I know we've I know Lubbock it. is uh, just voted to, to uh, go wet, as it were. Really? Yeah, and that's that's Texas, right? Yeah, that was one of the biggest. It's got to be the biggest place that uh, you know is still dry. Well, because normally in a dry county, from my understanding, and we have talked about this in the past on Free Talk Live, but I think it's been years since it's come up, and that's a good sign, I guess. Because it's, it's almost because it's almost uh, inconsequential. It, it just the vast majority of people don't live places that are dry. Right. There and are, the ones that do live in dry towns just go farther to get their beer. And that's one of the problems. Uh, <laughs> The, 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 these counties that have uh, that these have these blue laws that are dry counties, you cannot sell alcohol. Now, usually, it was my understanding that you could possess alcohol in a dry county. You just couldn't buy the alcohol. But maybe there are some complete prohibition counties out there. I don't know. Or maybe it's because he had an open beer in the in the trailer. You know, they have an RV, so maybe because he had an open beer, that was the problem. I'm not really sure as to the details, and I'm sure that when Pete and Jason and Adam get out of jail, we'll have them on the show, and they can uh, illuminate all of the asininity of the uh, the Mississippi laws in the, in this uh, in this particular case. Uh, we don't have a show that long. What's that? We don't have a show oh, okay. that long. Well, in this, the, the, the laws in this case, specifically the, the dry counties. So normally they ban people from selling beer and al- any al- alcoholic uh, beverage in these dry counties, which, as you say, Mark, just results in the people that want that stuff driving to the next county over and then driving home. Now, I understand that uh, you'd like to believe that everybody that's going out buying that alcohol from the next county over is just keeping it nice and cool and waiting to crack it open before they get uh, back home. 
But there is the chance that you've got somebody that may have already had a few drinks that's driving out to go and buy some more alcohol, and then they, you know, they're they're loaded well, and they're let's driving. not forget going to bars. I mean, obviously, people that are in dry that live in dry counties want to go to bars now and then. Yeah. So they're going to go to bar, drive much farther to get to a bar and drink, Correct. and then drive back home. That the longer somebody who's been drinking on the road uh, is on greater the, the risk. Excuse me. The longer somebody's been drinking is on the road, the bigger the risk. So these laws just increase the risk for people. Yeah. Well, they increase risk and they increase the amount of people that they get to put in jail cells for right. uh, for driving around, uh, maybe with a little bit of beer in them or and having a beer. The in The funny back of the part car. is, uh, what a, what a lot of people uh, believe is that they're somehow protecting their county from the from the the, the bad folks that that might have uh, you know the alcohol and that them that that kind of element. Those people Nonsense. believe that right. You live in a backwaters, nowhere, dilapidated, disgusting <laughs> trailer town. I mean, you're not protecting anything. Yeah. It's crazy. So we will keep you in the loop as we learn more. Uh, so far, the guys are still in jail. It's looking like they may be there overnight. I've left a message with Jason uh, on his cell phone to call us as soon as they get out. Uh, and if you want to help out with uh, with bailing these guys out, again, I don't know if they want to be bailed out. No one has talked to them yet. They may be of the, the, the mindset that they would just rather sit in there, in which case That's one of the nuts. things that they should do is get the RV out. And I know that's one of the things that uh, the young lady from, I think Allison is her name, from the Campaign for Liberty, she's gone down there and it's her, I think her one of her first missions is to get the RV out of the police's uh, hands. Because if you've ever had a car impounded by the police, you know that that means that you've got to pay on a daily basis to the tow yard uh, you know, 150 bucks a day or something like that. It may depend on where you live and what the tow yard's charging, but it's going to be X amount of dollars per day, and it's going to start adding up, especially for an RV, which is taking up a whole hell of a lot more room than the average car. They're saying they're going to have to pay a tow fee in order to get it out of the the RV yard or the uh, the, the car yard. So who knows? They're going to probably have to pay a daily fee plus uh, just a tow fee, and I don't imagine the tow fee for that RV is going to be too cheap. So... They're probably, they could probably really use your contributions over at motorhomediaries.com. Now, of course, it makes me, uh, makes, I, I said this to you during one of the breaks, Mark. If the government people were smart, they would, they would be looking at the Motorhome Diaries website, finding out where they're going next, and waiting to pull them over when they come into their town. That way they can just, all of the governments around the country can just cash in every time they, these guys get arrested. I don't want to give them any ideas. Yeah, uh, they're just not motivated enough to do that. Yeah, and hopefully they're not listening. But that, that's one of the problems with paying up to these people is you pay up and uh, you, you lose. Uh, but what can you do? What else can you do? Otherwise, they're going to keep your your multi-thousand-dollar RV, so they're holding it ransom. You've got to pay these gangsters. Yeah. I was just thinking when we were in the we were at the arraignment the other day, mm-hmm. and I, that place was packed, and of course, full people of victims. Were just exactly, yeah. they were just being processed through one after the other. And in fact, before the judge even came in, there was someone in the judge's seat taking handling you know deals, and I was like, if every single one of these people stood up for themselves and fought for it, fought for themselves, the system would come crashing down. The yeah, system would come it. to a halt. They would not, they would stop uh, being so frivolous in there. The, the system counts on your acquiescence to what it's doing to you. Yep. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. I know these guys will be able to take a strong stand once they get to New Hampshire, but I think they should just get the hell out of Mississippi for now. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by freekeen.com. 
Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. You take control by dialing toll-free. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away. So enjoy those, including the bulletin board system with over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. And SACL is specifically on the lookout right now if you know somebody who is working in the you know the accounts receivable department at hospitals or large doctor's offices, multi multi doctor, multiplex things, um, banks. banks or utilities, yeah, Sickles, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's sort of where they specialize is banks and hospitals. And they can handle those big big uh, companies and have a whole lot of accounts. But and if you're you know a freedom loving individual and you've got uh, a few accounts receivable, they'll handle that for you too. Sure, sure. But they're specifically looking to find a big uh, account through the Free Talk Live. Listenership. So if you know somebody that uh, works in an accounts receivable department, get in touch with SACL through the banner on our website and let them know what the company is. Give them, you know, get, pass on the contact info and SACL salespeople will call them. You don't have to do any selling for SACL or anything like that. Just, you know, send them the lead and they'll follow up on it. And our friend Jason Osborne over there would really appreciate the leads. Uh, so 1-800-259-9231 is our number. We continue with your calls where Scott is on the line in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hey, guys. You were just talking about uh, the situation with RV guys and, and sort of uh, some of the, the laws about liquor and things like that. Yes, our um, friend uh, Pete Ayer has been arrested for possession of a beer in a dry county down in Mississippi. Yes, I, I live just outside of Winnipeg in a small town, and the town right next to me is a, a Mennonite, mostly a Mennonite city that was dry, has been dry for uh, forever huh. since its, been, its inception, where you're not allowed to sell booze in, in the town. Like, you can buy it outside of town and, and Bring it drive in. home, of course. But, of course, when that happened, though, there's a bar just on the outside of town where, you know, they're not held by these laws, and they, that's where people will go to, to drink, or they come to my town because it's only 10 minutes away. Um, but and just recently, in the last year, uh, they had a, a vote in their town and decided to, to repeal this prohibition. And so now there wow. is a, a liquor store in this small town. And you know what? People aren't killing each other in the streets. What were do you they, know? They were killing each other before? No. Oh, well, okay. I see what you're saying. That, you're saying yeah. that... Uh, <laughs> Got it. You're saying that uh, people would be afraid that if they were to legalize drinking or selling alcohol, well, that's what, that it's funny. All the, hell the would scare break tactics loose. they use yeah. as though the 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 you know 99 percent of America isn't wet, uh, you know, the opposite of dry, whatever that might be. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's ridiculous. It is, and it really it's because in this town, a majority of people were were this 
one particular religious sect, so they used their voting power to tell other people what they could and, and couldn't do. As far as I mean, it wasn't yeah, really I, but, per, before like, you go uh, on, Scott. Invasive. They didn't come into your house or anything. Scott, I, I lived in I lived in Sarasota, Florida, and it was there was a large Mennonite and Amish population that would uh, winter there. And I can tell you, more than one bar were Amish bars. Uh, you know, they, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have yeah. I'd, I'd been approached at bars by people, uh, male and female. Uh, I guess the pickup line, I don't know exactly what, is, hey, are you Pennsylvania Dutch? Uh, you know, have you been approached by gay Amishmen? I, I don't know that they're gay. I'm just people being uh, just talking, right? Gotcha. But, well, these these laws are so archaic. They're so sure they are. 18th century. I don't understand why people haven't caught up to just. Uh, I don't know. It's it's the whole issue of of you know some people telling other people what they can and can't do with their businesses and what they can put in their bodies. It's like everything else, right? It's any prohibition that we have. But, but I'm, so this town, and this is just in the last year where they've allowed it, and it's, it's business as usual. You know, people, I don't know why people freak out about this stuff. Or, or in, in Manitoba, for example, it's illegal to drive with an open, a case of beer can't even be open in your, in your trunk. If you put it in your trunk, you have to tape it shut before you can drive anywhere. Ludicrous. Or else you get charged with open liquor. Even if you don't even have a beer in where the passengers are. Can the cops uh, search you in Canada? I, I don't know exactly the levels and things like that. Uh, you can refuse. I mean, they have to have uh, probable cause. Do they? Okay. But if, oh, if they, if you see, if they see you next to your beer bottle in you know, your back seat, that's it. You're done. You're done. You're, you're charged with open liquor. Wow. Even if it's empty. And from a week that's ago. true here too. I mean, I don't know if they maybe maybe they don't enforce it as vigorously as they do in Canada, but in places that have open liquor, open container laws, that's typically the case. You can have an empty bottle, and that's. You're right. It's just so regressive. It's so ludicrous. It's so sad and pathetic that and it really just shows how far we still have to go to even get close to a semblance of real freedom in this country. And it's not even based on any sort of logic. Anyways, no, no, it doesn't need to be, you know. Yeah, it's (laughs) you have to tape a box closed to put in your trunk before you can drive it like that doesn't make any difference. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's silly. Yep. Thanks for sharing that tonight. Anything else on your mind? Thank you. Thank you, That's Scott. It, Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So according to Wikipedia, although the 21st Amendment repealed the prohibition of alcohol on the federal level, that amendment also specifically prohibits the selling or production of alcohol in violation of local laws. Some governments, local governments, which had passed local laws prohibiting alcohol during national prohibition, never re-legalized the sale of alcohol, maintaining a dry market. Now, many dry communities do not generally generally prohibit the mere consumption of alcohol, thus potentially losing profits and taxes from the sale of alcohol to their residents to wet or non-prohibition areas. The rationale for maintaining prohibition on the local level is often religious in nature, as many Protestant Christian denominations discourage the consumption of alcohol by their followers. Because Jesus hated alcohol. Wait, didn't he turn water into wine? That wasn't real wine, that was grape (laughs) Grape juice. juice. They didn't have real wine back then. Similar laws, they had fermenting uh, fruit, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's the most ludicrous claim ever. But they'll try it. I haven't heard that claim. They've, they're, they're people oh, yes. saying they, that it was... <laughs> we've done it on this show. It's funny. People wow. call in and say, say things like, well, that wasn't real. The, the wine that they had in that the Bible... That was the blood of Christ. It didn't have no alcohol. And Jesus wouldn't touch alcohol. Oh, nope. Goodness. Sorry. That's something that somebody made up after Jesus came along. Because God makes things that are good. And that includes Fermenting the fruit. fermentation <laughs> process. Because if it was bad, God wouldn't have made it, right? 
Similar laws designed to restrict sense. the sale and consumption of alcohol are also common in the mostly LDS state of Mormon state of Utah, though Utah prohibits local jurisdictions from exercising control over liquor laws. An additional more pragmatic intent of these laws is often to reduce alcohol consumption in that particular county by limiting the ease of acquiring it. But we all know that doesn't do anything, that people just go outside of the county borders. It, I bet and it limits it. You know, when, if, if that's the claim that it want, they want to limit alcohol consumption, I'll bet you that there are times when somebody says, oh, well, it's just not I worth going exactly. to Exactly. I don't want it that bad right now. But, they probably get a little less drinking, but is it is it really worth that? The it worth the My question is, is it worth living in that town? Really? Hell no. <laughs> is it, but was it worth the accidents? I mean, you're just living, even right. if you don't drink like alcohol, you said, yeah. you're at higher risk living in that town because everybody that is a drinker is driving to the other counties to do their drinking, and that's putting you at a higher risk. I think, I remember when we talked about this before, they actually show, in fact, here it is, uh, prohibiting alcohol sales may actually reduce public safety, research has found that dry counties have higher proportions of alcohol-related traffic crashes than do wet counties. Study in Kentucky suggested that residents of dry counties have to drive farther from their homes to consume alcohol, thus increasing impaired driving exposure. A study in Arkansas noted that wet and dry counties are often adjacent and that alcohol beverage sales outlets are often located immediately across the county or even state lines. Other researchers have pointed to the same phenomenon. Uh, Some observed that residents of wet counties most likely have shorter distances between home and drinking establishments. And from their study, they concluded that in dry counties, individuals are driving farther they're under the influence of alcohol, thus increasing their exposure to crashes. So if you care about people's lives and safety, you should not be prohibiting alcohol. They're creating a market opening there. They're creating a, a wonderful market opportunity for adjacent counties to make money because now they've, got a, they've cornered the market. Yep. Why well, not? <laughs> captive audience almost. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And then Wiki goes through the process of listing every single county in America. And there's a shocking amount of them that are dry counties. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves by dialing toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, we give them away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, and get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board and help expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are waiting for you at amp.freetalklive.com, so go get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, Rich is in New Hampshire. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello, gang. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I have, well, I have a comment about the prohibition issue. Prohibition, you were saying yes. that if you're living in a dry town... You're more likely to go somewhere else, get drunk, and then be a danger on the road? So the statistics show, and as would logic uh, decide, yes. Well, apparently the military agrees with you. Because when I was in the Marines, they actually allowed us to drink on base even if we were, only, well, even if we were under 21. Really? Because they knew full well that, yeah, so when I, I, 
I was in the Marines right out of high school, so I legally could drink at the age of 18 as long as I stayed on base. Hmm. I seem to recall when I was in the Navy, um, I thought I heard someone, and I never partook, it, partook of it because I was at 21, actually, but I heard that the on base there was an on-base club and that you could drink there at 18 if you were in the military. Yes. That's amazing. So basically yeah. the military fact, has its own set of laws, and even though they're in a uh, city or a, a county or something like that, where there may even be a prohibition uh, on alcohol, it, doesn't, it just doesn't affect the military is what you're saying? That's right. So one, it, huh. the minute I step off, off base, then I'm subject to the jurisdiction of the state. But on base, I could legally go to the, the bar any of the bars, and uh, and drink beer. Uh, apparently, they they did have laws. That, apparently, I could, I had to wait till I was 21 if I wanted to have a mixed drink. <laughs> if that's what I. But, it's but, uh, it's the fruit juice. Regular, yeah, but as for beer, uh, we were free to have beer right there on base. And then when I was stationed in Okinawa, we actually had uh, vending machines in the in the, in the squad bay, with uh, loaded with beer. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, oh, wow. it's, it's it's really sad when uh, your town or, or county hasn't figured out lessons that the military has already known for years. I mean, you know you're behind uh, in the old uh, dum-dum curve if, <laughs> if you're behind the military. I guarantee you, if right. we started having beer vending machines, everyone would freak out for a while. We'd be like, no, the kids are going to be able to get it. I guarantee you the kids will lose interest when it's no longer banned. I mean, it will stop having the... the the image that it has now, the curiosity that it has, because they're not supposed to have it. They've been told they can't have it. Oh, what is it that these adults are enjoying that they won't let us enjoy? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't have the forbidden fruit aspect to it. Right. Interesting story, Rich. Yes, Any other thoughts? True. Well, another thing I just remembered, one time I was visiting Minnesota, and I didn't know about the laws there, and I decided I was having a late dinner, and I decided it would be nice to have a little bit of wine with my dinner so i went down to the grocery store and i looked all over the place and i couldn't find any wine or beer and i thought well that's strange this this store doesn't have anything mm-hmm. and so i asked well anyway when i asked around i found out that it was unlawful to sell any alcohol in the grocery store and then i would have to go to a liquor store which by the way closed in like 10 minutes yeah so and of course i could never get there on time it was frustrating awful <laughs> It's I, awful. I, That's I like Canada. Like I was being treated. Canada's that way, or at least Ontario, the Ontario province in Canada is that way. When Julia and I went up there last year on a little vacay, uh, we went to one of the convenience stores and thought, let's get ourselves a you know six pack or twelve pack or something because we were up with some friends and uh, they had nothing. I, and yeah. I thought, what the hell kind of a convenience store is this? And I asked the uh, the clerk, well, why don't you guys have <laughs> beer? He says, well, you have to buy that through the state. And so even yeah. – I mean, it's bad enough here in New Hampshire, and it is bad here. The state runs all of the liquor stores, but at least in New Hampshire they allow the uh, grocery stores and the convenience stores to sell beer and wine. And uh, in, Can- in the Ontario province in Canada, you cannot get beer, wine, or liquor, any alcoholic product. You cannot get it anywhere except at the state liquor stores. And they close at like 9 o'clock on a Saturday night. It's crazy. 8, eight I, o'clock. Here. 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock. The one here is closes at 8. Oh, no, I'm talking about – in oh. Ontario. Oh, okay. Here in New Hampshire, you can go to the grocery store till 11.45 oh, at night. Beer, for beer and, and wine. And you can get beer yeah. and wine. Yeah. But in Ontario, Canada, if it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night, you can't get anything. 
<laughs> you have to go to the state store, and they close at 9, and uh, I remember we were outside of the uh, the state uh, liquor store because we we tried to get there before nine and it just didn't we didn't make it and so some guy's coming out and he's and I said is there anywhere else you can get alcohol around here Are any of these stores open later than nine o'clock and he said oh there's something out somewhere and he g- gave me some uh, vague descriptions as to where it was and so I went out and drove around look, looking for this thing and uh, I think he sent me on a wild goose chase so it was not yeah. fun yeah I was just I'm not actually... sure which... go ahead Rich I'm not sure which is worse being um, being unable to to get uh, beer when you want to, or being treated like a child. Yeah, that is a tough call. Thanks, Rich, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I'm trying to imagine what a convenience store without beer, uh, like how they manage to make any money. I mean, <laughs> they must charge three fifty for a Snickers bar. Yeah, I, don't know, I can, can hardly imagine. That's crazy. Well, somebody I was has denied to alcohol gas. today. Really? I was denied alcohol. Yeah, I. I, I'm an activist, so I don't carry my ID unless mm-hmm. I'm driving. And even then, I'm actually getting a little lax about it because I'm like, eh, I'm not going very far. I'm not going to bother carrying my license or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. so I go, and I didn't have my ID on me, but uh, there was a great sale on some, some vodka in New Hampshire. I don't know if all the liquor stores in New Hampshire are having it right now. Great sale. I go in, and then after I go in with my friend who was driving, it occurred to me, oh, I don't have my ID on me. And then it occurred to me, they're probably not going to let him buy alcohol either. He does have yeah. his ID on him. And sure enough, we get up there. I tried to bring alcohol anyway because I thought, well, maybe I, I look I look over 21. I thought. <laughs> yeah. You don't actually look your age, though. You I don't look, look my younger. age. I realize that. But uh, I came up and I was trying to tell the guy, I'm telling you, I'm. I'm 40 years old. <laughs> let me let me buy some alcohol. <laughs> and you should like, have just left. He thought he looked at me like register. he really did look at me like I was trying to pull something over on him. And of yeah. course, then he wouldn't let Keith buy anything, and we kind of walked out together. So. And they're so scared. I mean, the, the the clerks are just frightened to death of having a sting operation run against them. And so I understand. Yeah, I do understand from. in the circumstances. But I'm it's not the really most in. asinine rule, the one you're talking about, where everybody gets carded that walks through a line. It's the most. It's the stupidest rule I've come across, and it's. One of the new, it seems to be newer. Like I don't ever remember it happening before the last three or four years. But uh, down in Florida, the first time it happened, it was uh, my former girlfriend and I and uh, Johnson, a former co-host of the show, we're all at uh, this one 24-hour grocery store. And uh, we were there and walking through the line, and they wanted to card us. It wasn't for alcohol. It was for cigars. But it's the same idea, right, where they everybody that's in the party gets carded. And I was so outraged by this. I was so upset by it. Uh, you know, I called it asinine. The manager came over and said he didn't want me cursing in his store. Uh, we we actually talked in detail about it on the show back, I think it was like 2006 or 2000. No, it was probably more like 2004. Um, Long time ago. But uh, so, and of course, asinine is not a curse word. Uh, but And it was asinine what they were doing because... Think you can about decide whatever is a curse word you want, you know, but asinine seems to me to be a silly one. We had a cartload of, you know, $75 worth of groceries. We left that there and walked out uh, because I'm not going to be treated like that. It's a nonsense rule. But and, and they said it was a corporate rule, not even a law. Now, they're saying here in New Hampshire it's a law. I don't know if it's a rule or a law. People or don't the know the difference between rules they and don't. laws. Uh, the employees the clerks, just don't know. They have know. no idea. They know what they've been told, and then they make up the rest of the story. Yeah. So... How asinine is it? If I'm walking through a line at a grocery store with a 12-pack of beer, and uh, Julia's with me, and I, or excuse, uh, she had this has just happened to us recently. She had her ID, I did not. 
or she didn't have her ID, I did, and we walked through this line, and they checked us both, and we couldn't buy the alcohol. So I said, here you go. You lost your sale, right? Here, take the alcohol back. We had to get the groceries because it was late. We needed the groceries. But uh, if I had been walking through with my 10-year-old brother, what would have happened then? Uh, well, I, I would assume that there's some kind of provision in that rule for uh, family members. There has to be. There is. How do they know? Exactly. There is how, a provision. What 10-year-old has ID on them to prove that they're you your family member? You can't prove anything. So it's the stupidest thing. And how thing. do they know Julia's not your sister or your half-sister or They don't whatever. know anything. It's all so arbitrary and so so just mindless. Look, if what this law is supposed to prevent is for me giving alcohol to minors... Why don't you stop me from buying the alcohol when I've got some real serious minors with me? What about when I've got or a 12-year-old with it's, me? Again, it's like, it's like the nonsense of gun laws. They don't really work. The people who intend to break the law are not going to bring the person in with them. Exactly. 1-800-259-9231. It sure as hell is doing nothing to keep alcohol out of the hands of teenagers. I'll tell you that. Hour 3 coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We're launching into Hour 3. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their sites, ours is free at freetalklive.com. Dot com. So, lots to talk about. Your calls are the primary element. We go to the phones, the fun. Emily is on the line in New Jersey. Emily, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello. Hey. I want to tell the world that cigarette companies just want you to have cancer, and they're supported by the government. Obama smokes Newports. He's been caught. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, I don't think he's trying to hide it, is he? I mean, he's kind of, it's kind of been well, one of things that's... Trying to hide it because he's black, smoking Newport. It's kind of a stereotype. Oh, it is. I didn't. I, I didn't know that. that one. Uh, yeah. So you're saying that the government is uh, encouraging people to smoke? Yeah. I mean, if they well, can't even legalize weed, which helps cancer patients, but the legalize something that just destroys your lungs and gives you cancer and you, has you, like rat poison and like. You think it should be illegal to smoke? Excuse me. You think it should be illegal to smoke cigarettes? Because I don't think the government has the right to tell you what you can and can't do with your body. That's okay. Like okay. Heroin, you do that. I don't care. I'll tell you, you are on to something, though, because uh, what's, what happens right now is wealthy companies can buy violence from the government. And that means they can buy regulations. They can buy uh, – th- these regulations are all enforced under threat of violence. They can shut a business down. They can arrest you if you're vi- breaking these viol- or breaking these regulations. And these companies can get an edge in the market by buying violence from the government. They lobby. When they lobby, the return on investment on lobbying is exponential. Mm-hmm. It is massive. It's so much cheaper to lobby for violence from the government than it is to go out there and produce a better product or to outcompete your 
your opponents out in the marketplace. It's it's just it's it's as long as that opportunity is there, and as long as we're telling people that this is legitimate and okay to do, they will continue to do it. So. I, t- I think you're spot on there, Dale. I mean, because they can spend just a few thousand dollars and line a senator or a representatives or a multitude of them line their pockets with a little bit of money, get the votes uh, for the new regulations they want to pass. And those new regulations could be so costly that new companies that would have otherwise started up will no longer get into that will decide they don't want to get into the game, which means that they don't have to be as competitive as you pointed out, which could save them all kinds of money. And you're right. I mean, it's uh, the return on investment for them is uh, very good, which is why uh, as as long as we have this violent entity known as the state around, we have to expect that businessmen are going to try to, to turn that tool of violence toward uh, their competitors and toward the, their future co- uh, competition. And I think it's sad, which is why that, that tool doesn't even need to exist in the first place. If there were no authoritarian state, uh, then there would be no advantage to these big companies. And that's why you see government doing things all the time that seems to not be in the best interest of regular people, like, you know, Whatever you know, things they're doing to support the cigarette industry. Yeah, and then like um, what the promotion, the promotion of welfare—that's not promoting the welfare of the people. It's do some cancer, guys. But you can't, you know. The promotion of welfare is not. I'm sorry, I'm a little confused. When you say the promotion of welfare is not promoting the welfare of the people, what do you mean? Like Lincoln says, they we should like promote the welfare of the people. That's the government's job. Well, Abraham Lincoln uh, was not anybody who was interested in uh, the people's welfare. He started a war, uh, or continued a war that uh, that had to do with the you know the killings of hundreds of thousands of the people. Uh, so clearly not interested in welfare. I, I wouldn't go around citing Abraham Lincoln as anybody who c- actually cares about people. Well, I guess the slaves would disagree. He did well, not say uh, you're wrong. I can jump in on that one real quick if I could. Um, I, I understand that uh, Abraham Lincoln's responsible for the Emancipation Proclamation, but the Emancipation Proclamation was I a document that. You know, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but he did offer the opportunity for the southern states to return to the Union and keep slavery as an institution if they were willing to do that. That doesn't sound like somebody to me who wanted to free slaves. Ma'am, I'm sorry. I mean, there's still slavery. Yes, but there is still slavery. He didn't actually free any slaves. The, the proclamation didn't free any because they weren't part of the union at the time. Right. Basically, it, it was saying, you know, since you're not obeying us, we're we're, de- we're declaring your slaves free, but they weren't. He didn't free the northern like, slaves. Sticks to that president of what he said, and you know, you learn it all through school, and that's what the government's supposed to do, and that's what you're always taught, but they don't really do it. But they, the, the government schools lie uh, about Abraham Lincoln. They teach you that he freed the slaves because they want to promote. <laughs> Union together. He didn't give a shit about black Oh, people. sorry. We got to let you go on that one. Thank you for the call. Okay. She's right, though. See you later. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's an understanding. Right. That slip up happens. It's tough. <laughs> She's right about what, Mark? Uh, well, she was right that uh, Abraham Lincoln didn't give a crap about uh, black people. Really, he really cared about uh, the preservation of the Union. Yep. Power. Power. Power was important. Absolutely. In fact, he, was he a also tyrant. <laughs> he was a tyrant. Not only uh, you know was the the war a factor, but he also cracked down on even dissenters uh, during that uh, that time period. I didn't get a chance to jump in and take umbrage with one thing that she said. I don't think that tobacco companies want you to have cancer. I think that tobacco companies want you to smoke as many cigarettes as possible. One of the ways that that can happen is by making their product addictive, um, and in the process, you 
will likely get cancer from smoking cigarettes. It's, you know, at some point or another, it's almost inevitable. Um, you know, smoke long enough, live long enough, and you'll you have lung long cancer. Enough, yeah. Cancer. And however, um, I don't, they're, they're not motivated to give you cancer. It's just that their product will if smoked in a, you know, large enough quantity and they want you to smoke a bunch of them. And, you know, so that's, it's kind of, you know, stuck in the middle. I was thinking that same thing when she said that. I was thinking, Mm, they want to make a lot of money, and they probably don't care that much if you get cancer. I'll give you that. But that, that's not the goal. The goal is to sell a lot of cigarettes and make a lot of money. So. Yeah, they and the government is, even, is making even more, I think, now than the tobacco companies, isn't it, on they the taxes? Are, yeah, they are cashing <laughs> So don't in. expect them to, you know, they don't want to ban it. All of a sudden, they'll stop yeah, getting what, taxes off of what, it. What kind of benefit would it be to the government to, uh, to, to, to ban you know, cigarettes. It would be no ban. It would be no benefit at all. The government supports them, and I, well, now they're I, banning, I agree with her there. They're banning you from using the cigarettes in certain locations in a lot of places. Uh, out in California, for instance, there are a couple of, I think, uh, one or two cities or towns where you can't even smoke inside a duplex or inside any kind of a, a connected apartment-style place where there's somebody else that's sharing the same. Uh, sharing a wall, basically, mm-hmm. with uh, with your unit. So they're banning smoking in uh, New Jersey and other places. It's banned from within cars uh, where there are uh, children present. And so they're, they're starting to make it so you can't actually use the cigarettes in a wider variety of locations, which means that if they catch you using the cigarettes, then you've got to pay them a Cha-ching. fine. So, yeah, so they're making money on the sales, and they're making money when they catch people sneaking cigarettes in places where they've uh, they've been banned from. But as, yeah, as long as they can still smoke them inside some homes and uh, in certain places, the cigarette smokers will converge in the places where they're allowed to smoke cigarettes and they'll smoke them up. Yep. All right. So 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Nathaniel in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Nathaniel. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Hello. Um, uh, hi. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, Nathaniel. I was talking to my friend at school and we like to debate things and we're debating basically just government as a whole, and he's telling me, well, if you don't like things, you can get an elected official, and you can get a lot of people to agree with you, and you can change it. That's right, the good old the old democracy argument. Yeah, and I was telling him that it's futile, it doesn't really work, and he's saying, well, there's nothing you can really do about it, what are you going to do, are you going to go get some land, and get some guns, and barricade, barricade yourself in, and I was wondering, what could I say to that? Because you know, this guy's... the answer is no. You're right. You're insane. <laughs> that's just about. That's no. just about all you could do. Send but them that to doesn't work. Free Keen. We just need to start disobeying, and it doesn't even need to be in mass. It just needs to be enough people to be a wrench. Because the uh, we were just talking about this earlier. Massive acquiescence. That's how the government functions. If uh, they can't, they they crack the whip every now and then and make an example out of an occasional slave in order to keep the others in line. Mm-hmm. But they can't do that for everyone. It stops being productive to do. Stops working. Yeah, it Let's doesn't it work. Back. They need it, yeah. Hang on, Nathan. Uh, Nathan we're going to bring you back for a little more of this conversation because it's an important question. What can one do if one has you know, come to the conclusion that the political system is untenable and, and too difficult to, uh, to work with? And I have to say that it's a little bit easier to work with it here in New Hampshire than California. Uh, but, it, you know, what are the other options on the table? Getting together in the same geographic region to do something I think is an important one. We'll come back with more, but as far as uh, arming up... Talk live. It's your show. If you dial toll free, you can bring up anything. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 
1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams. You want a broadband version? We've got that. You want dial-up? You want a webcam? We've got it all. Listen.freetalklive.com will get you to it. That's listen.freetalklive.com. By the way, uh, we are now streaming Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, seven days per week at freetalklive.com. 1-800-259-9231. Back to Nathaniel in California. Nathaniel, you were telling us that you're having conversations, uh, having conversations with a friend. You like to kind of debate back and forth about things. And uh, I would uh, would like to first, before we get into what you were talking about, suggest that instead of uh, considering what you're doing, debating, try to to think more in terms of persuasion. Uh, the 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 idea of a debate. I understand they teach you in school how to debate. I remember taking uh, the part of the English classes I took in high school were a debate, and there was actually a debate class that you could take. So they encourage debating in high school. And of course, in a debate, you take a position and you never leave your position. You uh, you just keep assaulting the other person's position you dig in your trench and you just keep lobbing uh you know verbal bombs uh back and forth between your two positions and nobody ever actually wins whereas with persuasion uh you're trying to bring somebody on your side using a variety of different tactics i'm not going to get into the details on that but the, the folks over at the advocates for self-government do an incredible job at helping people learn how to be more persuasive with the ideas of liberty. So head over to theadvocates.org when you get a chance and take a look into some of the books and the CDs and the things that they have there. It's great stuff. Uh, but you were talking about a, a conversation you were having where your friend was uh, was basically saying, well, you know, if you want to change these things, then you should get together and, you know, do the political process thing, get people elected. And you expressed frustration with that. You know, well, what if that doesn't work? Uh, it seems to be kind of pointless in many places, especially at the federal level. Boy, talk about a waste of time and money uh, and effort. And so he said, well, what are you going to do, uh, you know, get together and move out and arm up or something like that? Is that pretty much a good recap of what you'd said? Yeah, pretty much. And I, I brought up the point that um, in many other times in history, there have been laws and consensuses and in other countries in different places that uh, basically I said that a law and a consensus doesn't equal any moral justice in any way. No. And that position, right. I mean, it's not really much of a debate. It's more of like a, a heated, not a heated discussion, but more of a, a, a deep, long period in, yeah, a deep, so, long it's not hostile, but it's more of trying to find out what the other believes in. Very, very good. You know, if you look at our history, you know, this this expression "majority rules" has been is tossed around a lot. And if you look at our history, the term "minority" has now, you know, it's come to describe some group that's been oppressed by everyone else because they're a minority. And yet we still believe in this concept of majority rules. If you look at, you know, racial minorities as a uh, as a as a it's it's a it, historically we've have, has always been oppressed by the majority, and so I don't understand why people feel like this idea of majority rules should apply. There, there, there's anything moral about it, or that it has any kind of validity at, at all. It's it's just oppression. It's just an excuse for the majority to oppress uh, the minority, whoever the minority might be. But who, which one of it, uh, which one of you was the one that came up with the idea of getting together and arming up and moving to some you know uh, remote piece of property? Was that you or your or your friend? No, no, my friend said it sort of um, flippantly, if that's the word. But, um, yeah, it's just sort of like, you know, what are you going to do about it? You know, this is the way it is. Sort of like, you know, they have the guns and they have the majority, so therefore, you know, what are you going to do about it? But 
And you were you, know, uh, you were at a loss as to, to how to respond to that. Well, I could have responded, and I would have said what basically uh, was said before that consensus doesn't equal something else. But that argument, I, I felt like I've, I've said it a few times. Is there any better way of explaining that? Because it's sort of like... Well, first of all, there's a better answer than moving out, uh, you know, to the middle of nowhere with a bunch of guns. I mean, you saw how that worked for the people at the Waco compound in the 1990s. Uh, typically, that approach is going to result eventually in the government people coming in uh, with an armored personnel carrier or a tank or something like that, crashing through the side wall of your uh, your home and destroying you and everything uh, inside your house and your family. And your friends or whoever might happen to be hanging around at that time. So one of the, I think, more uh, more reasonable things to do is to make a dis, uh, dedicated effort to get together with your like-minded friends and like-minded individuals all in the same general geographic region like we're doing here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project to where you could get active uh, in politics and actually have some sort of an effect to where if you were together with enough people, if those people were to non-cooperate, if those people were to say, no, I'm not obeying your regulations, no, I'm not going to pay your fines, and no, I'm not going to go along with your system. As Dale pointed out earlier tonight, it's, the system is so, uh, it's on such unstable ground because it's just, it's built on force, it's built on coercion, they barely have enough money to pay for the, the tyranny that they're enacting on us today. If people were to just stop going along with it, then they wouldn't be able to put enough of them in jail cells. They wouldn't be able to afford to even run the jury trials that it would take to uh, to to process them through the system with the supposed constitutional rights that they're supposed to have, like a right to a speedy trial and things like that. The whole system would break if just a small percentage of people would start saying no. And you don't have to do it every time, all the time. If just some people would start saying no some of the time, I think that would be enough to really put it on, the, you know, the rocks uh, as far as the, the what we're dealing with today. I, I guarantee you'll see immediate improvement. I mean, we're, we're doing out-of-the-system activism, but I guarantee you the system itself will be less tyrannical when it becomes a huge burden to prosecute people for victimless crimes and peaceful people uh, who aren't harming anyone. That's it, just it, it remaining peaceful. To do that. You that, need to that, remain that's not peaceful. all. Um, moving people, moving like-minded people to a geographic area, not only can uh, some of the recalcitrants refuse to obey the rules and get tossed into jail for God knows how long and uh, in the process stumble up the works, but we can actually get people elected like he suggested in the first place. That's true. It's impossible up at this point. It hasn't worked, and, um, you know, in the sort of, you know, with the libertarians being scattered amongst the population in the Especially United States. Especially in California. Uh, it's certainly Good not going to happen luck. in California. But in a small state that has the same rights uh, as a large state like California, then you absolutely can make it happen, and it has been happening here in New Hampshire. And I think that anything you do being peaceful is the most important, one of the most important factors. Uh, getting together and arming up out in the middle of nowhere is just going to result in a raid and your, you know, your imminent demise. Right. They're either um, going to ignore you or come in and shoot you. Yeah. Those are your choices. Violence begets violence. Absolutely. If you want violence, then that's what it. you're going to get oh, yeah. by, when you go out there with your guns and all that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I carry a gun occasionally for self-defense, with hopefully with the intention that it will be a deterrent and I'll never have to use it. That's the idea. Sure. But, um, but I carry one for self-defense, but I don't, that's not how I go out to accomplish my goals. You don't go out and accomplish because I don't I don't I don't I don't want a violent world. So you don't use violence to get to, to a nonviolent world. You have to be the change you want to see in the world. Does that help, uh, Nathaniel? It helps somewhat. 
All right. Good luck out there. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. And feel free to call us back another night. Uh, we can and, and continue explaining how things are going with your persuasive process with your friends. 800-259-9231. That's what Gandhi said. Be the change you want to see in the world. So if you want more peace, you have to utilize peaceful methods. You're not going to get there by uh, waving a bunch of guns around and threatening people. 800-259-9231, though there are some people that think that that's the way to change, and I'm sorry. Uh, history has shown that violence does beget more violence, and you're never going to get free through those methods. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Those features, by the way, include updates, so you get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And I sent out an update today, actually, letting people know that we've got a brand new Facebook profile. Apparently, there's something new on Facebook. Maybe it's not that new. I'm not sure. Uh, But Johnson, uh, our former co-host and web design guru, put this together for us. And it's basically, and I think you've got access to it too, right, Mark? This Facebook profile thing for Free Talk Live? I don't know. Apparently, it's different from a Facebook group. There used to be a Facebook yes. group for Free Talk Live, and now there's a profile for Johnson Free Talk Live. Johnson made a big deal out of uh, switching over from a Facebook group on which we have almost a thousand members or something like that to uh, something else, and he thinks it's better. And okay, whatever, man. It's yeah, it's a Facebook profile, and I looked at it. I uh, was looking at it today. Posted something up there about the Motorhome Diaries guys getting arrested, and I saw that we have over 800 people already on the Facebook profile. So I guess that's a good thing. Uh, so I figured let's. Give it a little promotion. So if you want to go and see the Free Talk Live Facebook profile and join it, I think you join as a fan or something like that. And I don't know what perks that gets you. Uh, but if you know a little bit more about Facebook than I do, then you can go to uh, facebook.freetalklive.com. Uh, even if you don't know as much as I do. Facebook.freetalklive.com will take you right to the Free Talk Live Facebook profile. So, cool. We continue here. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We'll go to Keith in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Keith. Hey, guys. Hey, what's Um, on your mind? Before I get into what I wanted to talk about, you you said, like, Facebook profile maybe six times just then. I think it's called a Facebook fan page. Fan page. Okay. Okay, Well, it might be a profile. Well, I recently moved to Keene, New Hampshire um, on 420, actually. Excellent. And I've had a, a change in my belief system since I moved here. I'm a political activist, normally push for small government, that type of things. Yeah. But since I've moved here, I've come to not trust the government at all. Really? Um, I really don't trust anything the government does, period. Wait, wait, wait. Well, now, wait a minute. Why the big change? I mean, why? You were on one side. You were in New Hampshire before you moved to Keene. You were living over in the seacoast, and, and then you moved over here. Why the change? What, was, uh, what sparked this? 
I don't know. Maybe there's something in the air in Keene or the fact that there's, you know, the water isn't polluted. They, I know they don't put that stuff in the water here. I'm not really Any sure fluoride? what it is. Maybe it was hanging around <laughs> you so much. That's a that's a little selling point we should mention. There's no fluoride in the Keene water supply. Right? That, uh, was there fluoride over in the uh, the Seacoast water supply? I'm not sure, but there was a lot of salt. There's something in there that's driving one particular. I'm not even going to say any names, but like one particular person insane over there. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea what so you're referencing. This pretty much changed right. my position <laughs> on a lot of um, little issues. For example, um, before I didn't really have a position on the death penalty, mm-hmm. but now I'm of the opinion that I don't know, maybe 20% of the people found guilty of the death penalty never did anything wrong. So I really can't support the death penalty and. Before, I, I used to think, you know, well, nuclear weapons are good because we can use them in self-defense, but I don't trust the government with any weapons now. So if people are trying to get rid of nuclear weapons, I totally support that. So all of this just from uh, hanging out around some of the uh, voluntarists here in Keene? Yeah, I think so. And also... I blame um, you, Dale. I'm, You're his roommate. <laughs> I, I think that Mark might have something to do with this, but, you know, I've come to the realization that because I don't trust any government, any time. I, I don't agree with any war. I don't think any war fought by a government could ever be good. Even if it's a pure self-defense war, I'm still, I, I don't know. If the government's involved, I don't know, really know if it is self-defense. Well, because they have to, they have to war against their yeah. people before they can do any kind of defense. Uh, they have to impoverish. They have to steal. They have to, you know, they have to t- they collect taxes, and that's stealing uh, in order to fund uh, even a defensive thing. I and- don't- there's a I conceptual think, war out there that I might get on board with, but I, I haven't found a real one besides perhaps the Revolutionary War. I think Keith is playing with us. I think he's pulling our leg. He's just, I think so. It's not like it to just, I don't know. Keith, are you done <laughs> playing with us that, yet? But <laughs> yeah, he's no, playing I think with us. I'm going to change our religion, too, because all of these things, they, they all line up with um, this religion I keep hearing about. What, re- Everyone what keeps religion? telling me about this new religion. What, Quaker? Being Quaker? Quaker. Yeah, yeah Quakerism. Quaker. Isn't this um, Quaker, is, Quaker Talk Live? Well, here's the thing <laughs> about Quaker. It's a very... The whole point of Quakers is to be tolerant. It's nonviolence and tolerance. Quakers are like... If libertarianism was, were a religion, that's what Quakers... Uh, they would be Quakers. And so... If it if you if it sounds that way, I think it's just that it's such an incredibly tolerant um, viewpoint that they believe in open discussion and things like that amongst people with different views. So you can actually have incredibly different views. Two different people could have incredibly different views, even to the point of being atheist, and still be accepted into the uh, into the notion of being into being a Quaker because. The whole point of it is nonviolence and tolerance and acceptance and, and who would disagree? I mean, what liberty-loving person could disagree with that? I mean, being a you sound like you're making fun, Keith. Are you serious? Oh, or are you are you making fun of Quakers? Of course, I'm serious. Why would I make fun of Quakers? So, so you're I doing eat my oats every day. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the oats have to do. I'm with. telling you, I know Keith like the back of my hand. He is pulling our leg. All right, Keith. Anything else on your mind tonight? <laughs> no, I just I just want to um, thank you and continue with your quackery. Well, thank you, uh, Keith. <laughs> Appreciate that. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, what's wrong with being a Quaker? Mark, you are the, uh, you're the guy that converted me to Quakerism. Uh, you brought it in here into the studio. You talked about it. You said that you can be a Quaker and you can be a Christian. You can be a Quaker and a pantheist. You can be a Quaker and an atheist. You... Uh, Give us the basics of the uh, the Quaker. Yeah, uh, a little well, cinnamon it, and raisins. It makes it, it, it's really tough to give you the basics of the Quaker religion. There is no creed to it. Um, it's essentially a 
peace church that takes nonviolence very seriously. Um, and they have a form of worship that, uh, that, that does not, uh, you know, they recognize no man over another. Mm. Everyone's equal. And therefore, no preachers. No president. Everybody, everybody's, but no, <laughs> you, you, as a Quaker, you should not address the president as Mr. President. Right. His name is Barack Obama. How about dude? Oh, but hey, I, I suppose you could. I mean, that's a that's a title. But if it's a title you're willing to bestow on everyone, then, yeah. it's, then it's fine. And someone pointed out to Richard the other day at the arraignment, and he said uh, that you should not re- refer to the judge as your honor. That, that's correct. Right. You would not uh, be right. referring. Now, I mean, is it, what sir makes okay? honorable. Sir is just a common sir, respectful I, thing. I don't right? have a problem with sir. It's, certainly there are some Quakers that do. Some Quakers believe that really? you should only address people as their, with their first and last name. Wow. Of course, there are some Quakers that take these, this a little too far in the you know the sense of me saying, uh, hey, Ian, would you like to uh, you know come out with me on uh, Monday? Um, you know, uh, yeah, June 3rd. You would, as a Quaker, say, Ian Bernard, would you like to Ian go Freeman. with me on... Ian, Ian, Freeman. Ian Freeman, would you like to go with me on first day of... Uh, of sixth month, uh, the eighth of the eighth you can't day use of the days month. of the week. Well, there is like some Quakers would well, you say, say it differs. You say right. the Quakers differ on what they believe. Absolutely. Wait, I, I what don't is have the day problem. of the week? What is the issue with that? Uh, the issue of that is that uh, the Thursday is named after Thor and Saturday is named oh. after Saturn, and some some days of the week are named after pagan gods. I don't have what a problem. What percentage of Quakers would be doing that? Like uh, of the ones that you've met, uh, ra- it'd be rare. The, the, the only reason they do it now is just as a nod to tradition. Would would so largely so saying Mister Edge would be inappropriate as a as a Quaker? I don't see a problem with Mister um, Mrs. Oh, but yeah, yeah, it could be. I, I have a uh, I know someone problem, who though. I don't even think he's a Quaker, and this came up at a recent protest. Who said he doesn't use the word Mister because it's a der- it's derived from Master. So uh, it's really? you know it's a respectful term, but that's why it, that's where it's derived from is master. Yeah, certainly nobody's using it in that context today. Right. I, I said yeah. you know my I still use the word because I, I I use the word to anyone who I I basically consider it. I and I don't think it's a problem of equality because people refer to me the same way. I might call right. you Mister Freeman and you might call me Mister Everett, and sure. that's fine. The, the, my whole You're thought on the same is level now, and exactly, case. and I think it's just it's just a term of respect. I think everyone, I consider everyone to deserve to deserve my respect until they prove me otherwise. I concur with that. Uh, and so, so yeah. there's sort of with Quakerism, you, you you know you take whatever it is that you like of it and, and decide to apply it for yourself. Now, how's it going with uh, getting your house approved as a Quaker church? Have you started looking into that? Because I I begin looking into that myself. It's a meeting house, and I haven't gone very far with it, but I, I you know certainly like the idea. I like that idea too, because apparently if you can get recognized as a church you don't have to pay any taxes they, they meet it at your, your place yeah oh. oh okay yeah i'm gonna have meet at my place soon if i can, if I can make that <laughs> yeah. happen you can have one out in your new t- uh, house more on the way free talk live this is free talk live only moments remain just enough time for your call if you make it now 1-800-259-9231 and that's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks per month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn more and get on board. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Are you facing a debt crisis? DebtCrisisSolutions.com guarantees that they can protect your bank accounts, assets, and the equity in your home. In some cases, and you'll have to talk to them to find out for sure if this is the case for you, but in some cases, you don't have to pay, make another credit card payment. 
They're your debt crisis consultants. The de- bankruptcy laws have changed since uh, 2005, and you need debtcrisissolutions.com. 718-615-0123. It's 718-615-0123, debtcrisissolutions.com. So we talked already tonight about uh, prohibition, uh, the prohibition of alcohol, which is still going on in a number of counties around America, apparently also up in Canada. And it's not the only prohibition around the world that is uh, in effect. Mark, you've got something tonight. Uh, you don't have something tonight about that? Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you had something for us. Uh, in that case, uh, we will talk instead about the uh, the, the New Hampshire justice system. Uh, Sam from Obscure Truth Network, ObscureTruth.com, has written a letter to his captors. He has written a letter uh, extending thanks to the people that are keeping him in a jail cell. He's now been in there for five, uh, he's, he's in his fifth week, four full weeks, now in his fifth week, uh, in jail for recording video in a public court lobby, and is still in jail, being held indefinitely without a trial until he gives them his legal name, which, by the way, they already know. So they know his name, but they are holding him forever until he gives them his name. Welcome to uh, the system of obedience that the government has created for us. Anyway, Sam is uh, showing appreciation. He says, I would like to extend a special thanks to the Keene District Court, Superior Court, and New Hampshire Supreme Court. My name is Sam Dodson, and on April 13th, I was arrested for filming on public property, the lobby of the Keene District Court. Since then, I've been denied the right to remain silent, the right to an attorney, the right to a speedy and public trial, the right to due process of law, and the right to be formally and substantially presented with the charges against me as required by the New Hampshire Bill of Rights. So by order of Judge Burke and Judge Lane of the Keene District Court, I'm currently being held indefinitely and without trial. To protest what I believe to be an unlawful and illegal detention, I've refused solid food since my arrest, currently over 28 days ago. Several motions and writs have been filed with the aforementioned courts. They so far have only denied, delayed, and hid behind their procedures, despite the clear understanding from the court's own written order that I am being held indefinitely without a trial. Through their actions, they have demonstrated utter contempt for the oath they swore to uphold, the rule of law and civil rights fundamental to the founding and history of this country. Essentially, they have engaged in civil disobedience, and for this I thank them. As a voluntarist, I too, or he spells it voluntarist, I too believe in and understand the power of civil disobedience to bring about social and political change. Unfortunately, what the courts have done and what the governments typically do is to use civil disobedience to punish and oppress out of fear. Fear of losing control, fear of the challenge to their authority, all of which are rooted in a fear of change itself. Governments have historically feared change that they don't control. After all, government at its core is a group of men and women who are willing to use the threat of force or actual force in order to achieve their ends. Their desire, they desire to control their neighbors, they desire to control their neighbors be enforcing their laws upon them. What's wrong for one neighbor to do to another suddenly becomes justified and necessary if you get a group of friends together and call yourself the government. So my new challenge is to bring, is to explain to the courts how civil disobedience can be used more effectively to bring about positive change. When liberty activists engage in civil disobedience, the goal is to educate and enlighten others. Motivated by love, love for what could be, love and compassion for those abused at the hands of the state. What's it going to take to convince government to stop using violence against our friends, families, and neighbors? I don't know, 
But you can count on liberty activists like me to continue using peaceful means to educate and enlighten the masses with reason and logic until one day we're all looking back, amazed that we didn't figure it out sooner. In peace, Sam I am. He wrote that, and uh, Mike Barsky from mail-2-jail.com has been awesome at uh, taking, not only sending your letters to Sam, and you can go to mail-2-jail.com to send a letter to Sam in jail, but he's also been great at taking mail from Sam, transcribing it, and posting it over at freekeen.com. So it's at freekeen.com where you can read blog posts from Sam about what's happening inside the jail and things like this. That, uh, that and Whatever it is that comes out of the jail from Sam, Mike has done a fantastic job at, at getting that information out to the public. So thanks to him. And if you want to help him out, you can go to mail-2-jail.com. Send him over a contribution. Send him a few bucks because uh, he started the website and it was paying for the mailings out of his own pocket of sending these letters to, to Sam in jail. And it's not just Sam. There's also another young lady now over at uh, mail-2-jail.com who is apparently a free stater that was arrested for marijuana possession. I think her name is Serene. I don't have it in front of me right now, but she was arrested for marijuana possession in her home state of Oklahoma. So I guess she hadn't quite made it to New Hampshire yet. And she got... had, but she'd gone back. Oh, really? For a and okay. Her I daughter's never... here. And... I hadn't met her yet, so I didn't know that, that, that she was already here. So it's, you know, it's... That's a great way to get in touch with these activists that are currently behind bars. Uh, so 1-800-259-9231 is the number. I just wanted to share that with you because I thought it was I thought it was well written. It is very well written. I think it's right on point. And you know what, Dale? You're actually uh, in the midst of a new uh, project right now. That's right. Uh, what are you doing? I want to do uh, – whenever one of my friends gets arrested, it re-inspires me to want to do this, and I'm finally really taking the steps to start it. And – I want to do prisoner outreach because I've always had issue, taken issue with the prison system and uh, especially, of course, the nonviolent criminals, the, the ones that were the victimless crimes. So those in particular, but I think in general, I just think our prison system is more harmful than it is helpful. I think, you know, it's, it's statistically true that prisoners are more likely to commit crimes after they get out. And yeah, so I don't, you're obviously angry. they're not being rehabilitated in there. And, and what do you expect? Exactly. I mean, you're being treated, they're being treated like animals. They're mm-hmm. not animals. They're people. Even the violent ones, I'm sorry, they're still not animals. And they're, and they're not, and, and, a lot of uh, that violence so. is uh, spur-of-the-moment stuff. A mm-hmm. lot of the, from my understanding, a lot of the people that are in jail for violent acts were, it was a crime of passion, it was in the heat of a moment. I'm not excusing what they did, but I am yeah, saying either. I am saying that they are absolutely capable of changing, and they're not that way all the time, well, and they made a mistake. I think there's plenty of uh, you know people that, that, that are criminals, basically, that are mm-hmm. um, in jail and that don't mind using uh, violence to get what they want, uh, but and and like that I'd say I'd say my experience in, in prison is uh, that it's the majority of them, but what are we showing them? We're showing them exactly. that if you're bad, we'll take you to a bad place and put you amongst bad people and treat you badly. And when you get out, you better be good. Yeah, and calling that corrections. It's, <laughs> it's, it's exactly it. And and my whole thought point is I'd like to improve. I'd like to do what I can to help improve the morale. I'm hoping to get other people to to help in this effort, of course. But I want to spearhead it and organize it and get what information I can. And 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 just as an example, that one of the things I was thinking to start with is try to get maybe. Uh, uh, if, if I can find out some prisoners that aren't getting regular visitors mm-hmm. and start meeting with those prisoners and finding out, uh, one, just to improve their morale that they're you know having visitors, but also we can start hopefully finding out some things from them that we could do to improve morale in the prisons and, and see yeah. about, you know, re, you know, if we have communication with, with, with some of these people and, and get them um, 
you know, sort of banish the notions from their minds that that they are inherently bad people that that they that they you know there's hope for them when they get out to go to be productive again and be happy and and that you know because I think this is this process is if if something isn't done I think it's just scarring them and it's making it's just making things worse. So yeah, I, I've never really believed in the prison well, system as a way of 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 dealing with these problems. I acknowledge the barbaric. problems. I acknowledge the problem of, of crime certainly, but I don't think. That 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 a prison run by the state is certainly not something I think is a is a way to handle it. So. These guys need hope, um, and I think that that's the biggest thing. If they if they feel hopeless, when they feel hopeless, they got yeah, nothing to live for. They, they will go back more to likely crime. to revert yeah. to what it is that they know, um, you know, most innately, and that is, you know, how to uh, steal and lie and uh, you know hurt people to get what they want. Um, I and and I think that the more options that you can give them, uh, you know, resources. The, the better chances they have of making it on the outside. And, and it's, you know, what you're talking about here, Dale, is to show some of these guys that may not have any, as you're saying, may not have anybody visiting them. Maybe they have been uh, shunned from the outside. Maybe they, their loved ones have forgotten about them or whatever their story well, they don't is. They have them. Yeah. But you're, yeah, you're going to allow them to tell their story. You're going to maybe get to know them a little bit and show them that there is somebody on the outside that does care about them and that is interested in improving their conditions in the jail. And I think that that is going to impart at least a little bit of hope to these guys and a little bit maybe better than nothing at all. Yeah, I hope so. And if we if we do it well here, maybe it will inspire other people, just like the, the yeah. whole notion of the Free State Project in general. Duplicate to it, right? Do something well and inspire others. We are out of time. Benny here with you. And Dale. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. So um, this is Ian and Mark with you real quick. I want you guys to know about something that's uh, important to Free Talk Live, uh, podcast listeners specifically, because when Free Talk Live has ever needed something, the podcast listeners have always been the ones who have come through. Whether those podcast listeners are amplifiers or not, I couldn't always tell you, but uh, they're the most loyal of our listeners. And so this is an email from Jason Osborne, who is the uh, the, the biggest sponsor of the show, as you know, SACL CAI. This gentleman, and uh, this actually goes to Gardner Goldsmith also. Because he is also a sponsor of Gardner's show. Correct. In the next couple of weeks, we are effectively selling half of our company. That would be SACL CAI. On the positive side, they, this deal will enable us to grow to a degree that we would not be otherwise able. On the negative side, I will now not have as much ability to divert funds for my own purposes. I'm attempting to work into the business agreement that we will continue to fund Free Talk Live and the Liberty Conspiracy. If you all could get the word out that I need to bring on a hospital, multi-specialty clinic, bank, utility, or some other uh, such, then that would really be helpful. I won't let you guys down, but I could use a little help here. And, you know, it's I, I guess it's it's sort of common knowledge between SACL and uh, Free Talk Live that this is, you know, they're a sponsor of the show as, you know, they're not quite the an advertiser of the show in the sense that, well, you know, really they do bigger fish than, than we have managed to bring on board up to this point. Certainly we've had some doctor's offices uh, come on board as a result, but... You know, doctors' offices are kind of small um, compared to hospitals. They they handle much larger customers than uh, we you know have managed to bring for them up to this point. So the reason I'm telling you guys this is, if you know a hospital, multi-specialty clinic that would be a doctor's office that does lots of things, um, bank, utility, or some such, 
now's really the time to uh, get them, you know, get whomever to call SACL CAI, call them uh, and give the lead, give the contact name, do whatever it is that you can do to get this uh, done because, well, I, we don't know. We really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, he's bringing on some new partners and basically saying, hey, I'm diverting several thousand dollars a month um, to keeping these radio shows going, and I'm really not getting a heck of a lot of return on it. What do you think about that? Like, that might be the, one of the first places they think about cutting, mm-hmm. you know? So um, now's the time to make this happen if we're going to make it happen at all. And I know... The people that I can count on to make it happen are the podcast listeners. So that's why we're doing this little. So anybody that you know, whether it's a family member or a friend, or maybe you yourself work in one of these places, go and talk to management. Or maybe you are the manager. That would be the easiest way. But if you're not, and I don't imagine most of our listeners are in those management positions, talk to the management and let them know about SACL and and, and find out if they're interested in changing over. Right. And one thing that I did um, in this situation was I talked to the... My wife worked at the doctor's office, but it wasn't very easy to get it turned over. I mean, they were even looking for somebody to do collections, and it wasn't easy. You know, they just—I didn't know really know those people that well. Well, what I did was I talked briefly to the uh, you know the office manager about it, and then I got the name of the office manager and the telephone number, and I gave it to SACL CAI so that they could follow up on it, and a professional yeah. could handle it from that point. That's what I was going to suggest because how are we going to have our listeners go and pitch SACL? They don't know what to say. Right. So, so you it, can't really pitch them, but basically you can smooth the way out so that they know that somebody's calling, get the name, yeah. get in, get a name and telephone number, you know, contact name, and then you know that that would be a good direction to go. So rather than asking. If they want to switch to SACL, maybe you should just say, hey, I'm, I'd like to have somebody give you a call and talk about this and then get their get their contact info and forward yep. it on to SACL. That that would be good. Okay. Um, you know, I I guess with uh, SACL, you could probably get a hold of uh, Jason at jayosborne at SACLCAI.com. You can send it to me. I'll get it to him. Um you know, or you can call them their, you know, their banners right at uh, free t- the top of freetalklive.com. Whatever manner you want to get a hold of them, that's fine. But uh, now would be the time to do that. Very good. Thanks.